Hey there, uh, just before we begin our episode on Elaine May, I wanted to quickly just highlight a cause that we touch upon in today's episode with Natalie. Uh, due to the pandemic, there's been a huge disruption in arts and theatre industry in the UK. For March, all theatres have been closed indefinitely, and there seems to be no real idea when things are going to be able to get back to any relative normal. So I'd really like to take a moment to highlight two charities whose tireless work have been helping to support the theatre business through this difficult time, and you know, hopefully helping to keep the arts alive in the UK. The first is the Theatre Artist Fund, who provide emergency support for theatre workers and freelancers across the UK. They are they can be found at theatreartists.fund. That's theatreartists.fund. And there's also the Theatre Support Fund, who are trying to support industry and in particular backstage staff through this time in London's West End. And they can be found at theatresupportfund.co.uk. That's theatresupportfund.co.uk. If you're able to provide any support, it would mean a lot to those working in the arts at this time. Now on to the show. Please note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. What's better than a night out in the town with your bestie? Loads of laughs, getting a hotel room, load up on prees, doing some drugs, head to the bar, you get your glass of milk with your beer, then to the club, end up in a fight over a girl, you get the night bus home, cut for the cemetery, meet your girlfriend before heading out back to the wives. It's just a normal night out, isn't it? This is Adjust Your Tracking, a podcast, so we're on a venture to watch a century of cinema, decade by decade, year by year, and I'm one half of your host, Liam Delaney, and he is... Oliver Jones. Hey, how are you doing, Oliver Jones? I'm good, I'm good. I'm still knee-deep in plasticine, though. I'm finding it everywhere. It's all in between my fingernails and finding it in my food, and it's brilliant. And your toes. Yeah, in my toes. <laughs> in toes. What you anniversary right? was plasticine? Did you remember that? Uh, <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> you didn't look it up? It, it's uh, number 69, I don't know. Oh, there we go. The Bill and Ted <laughs> joke. But also... We got a special guest here today, this week. This week, today. Hi, Natalie. It's Hi. Natalie Gardner. <laughs> Hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, good. Really good. Thank you. Yeah, not bad. Enjoying lockdown. That's that's the main thing. Yeah. Oh, having a ball. No, it's um, it's been it's been an interesting time, hasn't it? But um, as I was just saying before, um, Liam, about how for some people it's been really, really busy the busiest time with their jobs and they're working really really hard and then you've got people like me who are not doing very much at all (laughs) but um but yeah so no I've been fine I've been um having a nice time with my new cat Eden so yeah yeah so he's been a recent addition to my family um and yeah he keeps me on my toes he's a very loud Siamese boy and, oh uh, my god yes yeah, Siamese cats are so are so noisy <laughs> yeah he is he shouts at me quite a lot if I don't feed him exactly on time he uh he starts yeah shouting at me literally shouting at me <laughs> cats seem to know exactly what time things are do you know what I mean they they've they've got like this sense of just unless they can read the time and they just don't tell us and they they're so clever yeah they're so clever I wouldn't be surprised he yeah he's I, I was never really a cat person growing up because we had a dog when I was little. So, um, but you know, being in London and there's not a lot of space for a, for a dog. So I thought, well, okay, 
cat and I've, I've sort of wanted one for ages now and then I got the opportunity and he's just amazing he's just so clever I never would have thought they were that clever I am so so desperate to get a, a pet like my last place didn't told me that I wasn't allowed pets at all mm. and then we, we moved we're coming up a year now I guess um, and they were also like hmm no not really <laughs> but I think but I think we can kind of wrangle them so I'm waiting to be here like for a year and be showing that I'm a good person and they might you know, to kind <laughs> yeah, of, like, convince them to let me have a cat or something. So, I'm definitely. so something you'd go for a cat? Well, I'd love a dog. I would absolutely love a dog, but it's hard with work, really. Mm, it's a big responsibility. You don't fancy rats again? No. Did you I've have rats? Rat. Oh, I didn't know you had a rat. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I kept rats. It... Was it the last year of uni I got a pair of rats, I think? They lasted. They were... you, had, you had them for quite a while, though. Yeah, I had them quite a while. They're really cool. They're really smart, actually, and they re- and you can train them and everything like that and stuff. And they're really clean and wow. not that smelly. Yeah. Oh, I disagree with the smelly. <laughs> no, they're not compared to like other rodents. They're not that smelly. Are they affectionate? Do you get quite a lot back? Yeah, that's really nice. There was what there was one of them was much more affectionate than the other one. <laughs> Say that <laughs> one of them didn't really like humans at all. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> one of them was more than happy to sit on your shoulder and just like kind of wander around, and they do this weird thing like purring. When really? Oh, I had no yeah. idea. That's so cool. They're, they're really nice, actually. Yeah. Good pets, rats. This is an advert for rats. <laughs> <laughs> so Natalie, why don't you, why don't you tell everybody who's listening what you do? Okay, um, so I'm an actress. Uh, yeah, so that's why I'm not doing very much at the moment. But um, I've just, yeah, I've been acting since I was really young. Um, just, yeah, I've been professional for quite a long time now. So, yeah. And I also do theatre management as well. So I'm um, working in the Shaftesbury Theatre as well. Um, and, yeah, but obviously at the moment that's closed. So, yeah, so, so what was on what was on before it closed so we had an amazing show called and juliet which was like a modern version of romeo and juliet and it was really okay. genuinely a show i was really proud of like sometimes you work on these shows and you're not very you know not <laughs> that into <laughs> them but job, the, maybe. Yeah, yeah exactly but no this one was absolutely brilliant so i think we're all really keen to get it up and running again and get everybody back because it's so good you know, and a uh, really lovely uh, modern take on it and uh, really good for young people to see, you know. So, yeah, it's really positive. It was a musical, right? It wasn't like, yeah. So, like, who the songs written by or were they kind of pop songs or? Like... Yeah, so it's all pop songs from the 90s, really. So it's all Max Martin um, pop songs. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so people yeah. like... Trying to think that Backstreet Boys, Britney. Oh yeah, Britney's yeah. like one of the main ones, and um, loads of people like Demi Lovato. Who am I? Not, not that. I was going to say Avril Lavigne. That's not right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's um, loads of different people like Pink, Katy Perry, people like that. So all different cool. songs from from that era, and all pop songs, but they work really well in the context of the show. Sure. And they can be funny, and they you know the way they're done. So it's just a lovely show, and we're all hoping to get it back up and running really soon so yeah i was going to say so the plan is for whenever you guys are coming back for them to kind of be able to come back as well their run hasn't ended or anything then yeah no so um that's at the moment that's what we want to you know the producers really want to keep the show going and uh you know once we're up and running again they'll that's what we would be putting on yeah so but obviously 
the longer things go on, the harder that could be. So everything's still a little bit up in the air, but you know, we're still really hopeful that it's going to be okay and you know, keep yeah. keep going. Fingers crossed, because it it relies on all those people. They're you know not having to take other work and stuff like that, being able to kind of jump back on and everything. Absolutely, so. yeah. So I don't I don't really know if that's uh, going to have affected any of the cast because obviously you know it's been months, so they might have had to take yeah. something else or whatever. But um, you know the cast they had before was amazing so hopefully we'll get to get to keep people that we had but we'll see so yeah so that's right. that's what i do do uh, a bit of that as well when i'm not acting so yeah so i guess there's been no kind of from your point of view there's been no news about reopening there's been no information about when like what you guys can do to move forward or anything or... well it's it's just really up in the air still so we were thinking about um sort of October time and that would mean I would go back around September to help get things organized but I don't know we still you know it's not 100% sure so hopefully sure. that'd be really good if we if we do that would be great oh, so, I hope so yeah so I was watching on the news they were talking to people uh, in theatre and they were talking about you know just having 300 people in the audience and stuff like that and it just doesn't seem very feasible this is Especially, the thing yeah one for the actors as well because you know performing just to like 300 people and looking very empty and I guess that would be a bit disconcerting and a bit kind of yeah and also like I don't know people's safety and stuff like that I don't yeah know. it's the atmosphere as you say for the actors and for the and for the patrons um and also you know the cost of these shows the big west end shows yeah. is huge yeah. so you've got to, it's got to be viable as well as a as a business i guess you know so it's um it's one of those things that's just it if we could get it going and get it going with a decent amount of um capacity and it'd be worth doing, then we would, you know. So as soon as that's possible, it, it will happen. So I have to try and stay positive and like, yes, it's going to no, happen totally. soon, you know. It's going to happen. It's yes, gonna be fine. it yeah. will, it will. I don't think people realise how much these shows cost to put on, like the amount of people, because you only see the people on the stage. They don't see everybody else, the musicians or the people at backstage, backstage. the runners, people like yourself. And yeah, that, and it's just box like, office, you know, all, you know, the, all those people, management, um, all the ushers, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, oh, I must do a shout-out to my Shaftesbury family because they are amazing. <laughs> so, hi, everyone at Shaftesbury. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, yeah there's there's so many people that go into that and and the cost of keeping that all going is is really high and and keeping the building going as well Build, buildings expensive yeah. you know to yeah, keep yeah going. absolutely because so, they're most of them historic buildings as well so mm-hmm. they require a certain amount of upkeep and care and everything like that behind them yeah so. definitely so but um there's been a lot of works on the theater whilst we've been closed so that's been good they've taken the opportunity to do that and update things and new bars oh, and things so they are doing some um some works and well quite a lot of works to renovate it so so that'll be oh, really good. nice yeah. it'll be really weird yeah. for me going in and be like well where is everything but yeah <laughs> why is um, it all changed <laughs> why is it all changed like oh, man, can you show me the way to the toilets I'm like not really not anymore no <laughs> 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 um it used to be over there no but it, it's really good for the theater so so, so last year you got to um, portray one of your um, icons, didn't you? In a, yeah. In a feature-length documentary. That's right, um, yeah. I know it recently screened again, didn't it? Just yeah, as lockdown hit? Yeah, literally, so, yeah. Just as, during lockdown, after about a week or so of lockdown, 
which was nice. So will it still be on 5OD then, or whatever it's called? Is I it still on think streaming? So. Yeah, I think you can oh. still get it. Um, so it's called Share the Greatest Showgirl. Um, and yeah, I think you can still get it on 5. So you play Sunny then, yeah? Yeah, definitely Sunny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so that was an amazing, amazing job. Love that. Like when when we did the superhero film that that me and Liam made and Natalie stars in, just for a gag in the background, I got I, we had lockers for and I said you guys could decorate them, and who did you put in the back of your locker? I put Cher. Because <laughs> <laughs> so when she Cher. opens a locker, you see Cher just looking back at. You know, um, yeah, and it's funny because even in my locker at, at the theatre years ago, I had a picture of Cher in there as well. I've always really looked up to her, and I think because I think she's just so so cool as well as being yeah. incredibly talented and. You know, so to, and, you know, my mum always listened to Cher when I was growing up and stuff, as well as many other people, but that was definitely always there. And I had, like, her greatest hits when I was, like, five or six or something, and, and I'd have it on, like, Walkman, and I'd have Queen on one side, greatest <laughs> hits, and Cher greatest hits on the other side. And, and I just listened to it on repeat. I just thought she was amazing. And, you know, so to grow up and get to play her, even in that, you know, just a, for a small amount of time was, was amazing. Great. I've been recently kind of trying to kind of go through her films. Yeah. There's loads of her films that I never really watched before. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's a really good actor. She yeah. is. She's fantastic. That's yeah. why I didn't really... I, I, I think I first... I watched The Witches of Eastwick, I think, and mm. I was like, Cher is wonderful in The Witches of yeah, Eastwick. Yeah, she she's is. brilliant yeah, in it. She really is, So yeah. then I kind of was like, I want to check out more of these. So I watched um, Silkwood. Ah, oh, I love that film. And she's amazing she's amazing it. she's absolutely she's absolutely yeah. amazing in it she's by far one of the best people in it like, yeah and she's got this whole kind of i don't know kind of bisexual lesbian kind yeah. of relationship going on in it and she's really kind of butch and kind yeah, of cool she's, and it's like, really and, against type to what we know yeah, and what yeah. we think of as share yeah so yeah it she's, she's wish wonderful there was more it. of her actually yeah definitely yeah i love that film i have to say it's really cool so did she do like um a show with uh, Sonny then back in the 60s or 70s. Like, wasn't it like a TV yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, they did the yeah, Sonny like and a... Cher show. So was that like a variety kind of show or something? Uh, yeah, I think it was mostly them singing and doing jokes. Um, you know, a lot of it was just about them. And she'd come on in different outfits because she was, I mean, she was, and she still is gorgeous, but she was very thin at the time. And she was just like this, um, you know, model like figure and they dress her up in all these elaborate costumes and she'd come on and sing a song in like big feathers and things you know and different characters and that would kind of that with Sunny having their um little spats because obviously they're married and they would have like little comic spats on stage would be pretty much the show they'd have guests on and stuff as well so yeah yeah, yeah I mean yeah she's wonderful and yeah Big fan, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> How did that job job come around then? Was it something you you kind of saw and you went after it, or uh, you were just like, "I need this because I need to play share." Like... Well, it's funny because I my agent at the at the time she was saying um, she put me up for it, but I had already seen it on Spotlight, and I was like, "I need to, I need to be seen for this," like you know. So I I messaged her and I was like, "Please put me up." Um, 
but she was like, yeah, I've already, I've already done it. So it's fine. <laughs> already done um, it, fine. Yeah, she was like, yeah, we, we know you kind of look a bit like her, so it's fine. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so then it was just auditioning and... But, and I, it's one of those things as an actor, you kind of think a lot of the time you go to like 50 auditions and you might get one if you're lucky, you know, that's, sure. kind, of, that's kind of the way it is. And, uh, but a lot of that is down to look, you know, the uh, physical looks, you know, so you can sort of say, oh, well, I wasn't, I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't. Yeah. Enough, I wasn't you know. the person they had yeah. in their head. When yeah. They, yeah. But when I saw this and I was like, if I don't get this, <laughs> I've kind <laughs> of got no one else to blame but myself. So I worked really, really hard and trying to get the voice and, uh, you know, trying to get the mannerisms and yeah, all that stuff. Because I was like, literally, I need this. I, I, yeah. I can't not yeah. get it, you know. So, um, so and, and it was just a really lovely job and really lovely people to work with. And, uh, yeah, really, really quick. Like, it was all done in, like, a week. And I was oh, always, really? always on, on set. Like, they would drag me off, change me, put me in a different, really elaborate costume, <laughs> put me back on again. Um, and, yeah, it was a real quick turnaround. But it was, it was a great experience be- because of that. I suppose it was a bit of a challenge as well so yeah and the, oh, the cool. voice was a big challenge so yeah did the voice involve singing or was it just I only did a little um... bit of singing really so um it wasn't it wasn't really that necessary because it's more about the the, the drama behind the songs yeah. so it's like what's yeah. happening at, you know in her personal life when these songs are are being made and you know how that reflects um maybe in the songs and things like this but she's had such an interesting life as well that i didn't know until i started obviously looking into it and researching it and stuff um yeah so it was great experience yeah it was lovely so ah yeah (laughs) it was nice to see it during lockdown i was feeling a bit i remember i was feeling a bit blue that day you know i was feeling a bit I think it was on a Saturday. I was. It was like the first week or two, and every you know everyone's feeling a bit like, oh gosh, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, oh no. And um, and then somebody told my mum. I think my mum's friend told her, and then she was like, "Christine's just said you're going to be on again tonight." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And that's how I find out about things. I literally yeah, get, totally. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's like <laughs> mum's mum will find out things and then let me know. I don't. Yeah, I never get told anything through the normal channels. But yeah, so that really boosted me just to be like, "Oh, it's back on again." That's really nice. Oh, I you bet. Know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's cool. God, and we just hope at some point people can act again and things yeah, are happening and... yeah i think things are starting to are they you know yeah i think um i think jurassic the new jurassic park has started up in in the uk again because oh, that's for some reason they're shooting it here i don't know why um and i think batman's starting up again but i think i'm guessing everybody on the cast and crew has to do like a two two week like um quarantine quarantine before they can even hit set they probably gotta live in like a bubble or something like that I don't yeah know. yeah a positive test before going on as well yeah yeah no, definitely. a negative test a negative yeah. test yeah <laughs> <laughs> everyone here has to have covid or we cannot we make this film and that means it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah now that's really good to hear though because obviously you know we want things to get back up and running again sooner so yeah 
I mean, like they've just delayed a load of films again, though, haven't they? So like, yeah. Tenant, Tenant got delayed till I don't think they've even announced a date. No, they've them. just oh, delayed really? it indefinitely now, oh, and no. it'll be the same for Wonder Woman as well. Yeah, so, oh, it will be. That's a shame because um, America is just absolutely not even close to being able to reopen cinemas yeah, just... in any way, and they can't open without the money coming in from America. Even on VOD, wouldn't even be the same. They wouldn't make yeah. at all that right amount. Of well, money, I mean, like so. a film that costs like two hundred million, you can't put yeah. it on VOD. It just doesn't yeah. make financial no, sense. No, of course, of course. Oh, that's a shame. I was looking forward to both of those films actually. So, yeah, me too. Yeah. Ah, but but. Bill and Ted is coming out on the 1st of September, so you've got that. Amazing. Yeah, no, that would be wicked. That would be really cool. I really like the new trailer a lot, yeah, actually. Yeah. I, I, I liked it, it more yeah. than the previous one. And I, I already said to you, Ollie, that I think the plot's obvious. But yeah, the yeah. ending, I think the ending's already in the, in the trailer, but it's fine. It's fine. It's Bill and <laughs> we'll Ted. See. It's all good. It's Bill and Ted. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Oh, that would be But it looks really fun. Like, it, it yeah. looks really fun to me. And I just have no complaints. I love the fact that Alex Winter hasn't acted properly. I mean, obviously, he's made films and documentaries, some of which are amazing, actually. Like, he's got a new one about child actors that just came out. That's, that's okay. pretty good. And he's got one coming out about Frank Zappa, which uh, looks right. incredible. And um, But he hasn't acted in a long time. And it just looks like he's just stepped off the set of Bogus yeah. Journey and kind yeah. of just carried on again. And it's it like, does. It's amazing. It really does. It just shows you, you know, he's he's that talent and it's, you know, it's just, he knows that character inside out. He can just... Yeah. Yeah, you can just step step right back it. into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Keanu's the same and he just, they both just look like they've been waiting to redo this. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's a real passion project for both of them. Yeah. It's more than just a, just a job, that kind of role, I think, you know, it's, it's a big part of your life, I think, and that friendship they yeah. have as well. Yeah, because they were they were friends when they were quite young, weren't they? Mm-hmm. I was chatting to someone about it, and they're like, "Oh, I don't think I like it. They just sound old now." And I'm like, "Well, you know, um, <laughs> they are nearly sixty. Yeah, <laughs> give them a break. Oh my god, <laughs> people get old, you know. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Everyone's allowed to get old, especially <laughs> yeah. them. Like... Yeah, exactly. Aww. And that's the that's the joke, anyway. That's what the I know. Is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How weird. But we all know Keanu Reeves doesn't age, really. They've probably put appliances on him because he's, like, immortal, apparently, according to the internet. <laughs> I'm not used to him without a beard, I will admit. He does look a bit like, why don't you have a beard? Come on. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, had a beard for quite a while, hasn't he? Ted would have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, i tell you what I found weird. I saw pictures from the new Matrix and he had a beard and I thought that was weird. So I was like, nah, Neo doesn't have a beard. He has short he's hair. He's got a beard and... in the new Matrix. He doesn't have a beard in the no. Matrix. No, no, that's a question. He has a beard. Oh, in the new one he does, yeah. That's, that's weird. a bit strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really fit with, yeah, with your idea no. of him. Well, he I died don't... in the first Matrix, so God knows. Didn't it? Not the first Matrix, the third the Matrix. Third okay. He died, he ascended. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen it since the cinema. It's been a long time. I cannot remember. Um, have you watched anything this week, Liam? Oh God, have I watched anything this week? Actually, that's a really good question. I've watched some stuff that's to do with. Um, it's a really good question. <laughs> it is a really good question because I cannot remember this morning, oh, let alone anything else. It's been a busy day. It's been a busy day. Oh, I watched Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, okay. I don't know why. <laughs> I haven't. It's been a long time since I watched that. It was like on Channel Five on a. On a Sunday afternoon, oh, I think. I can't. I, I don't think I've seen it. You know, it's uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's Dustin Hoffman, oh. and uh, he's getting custody of it. He's going through a divorce, isn't he? And yeah, Meryl Street walks his... out on Dustin Hoffman and yeah. his kid, 
and then later on Mel- Mel Street comes back and wants custody. Yeah. Oh, and okay. Oh, I'll have to watch like it. A bit of a court case. It is a good it's film. Worth yeah, watching. it's got, it's worth yeah, watching. It's got like, Streep in it. So I've got to watch it. It's got Mel Streep in it, so yeah. Gotta watch and, it. And um, I think she won awards for that, even though her role's very small. But mm. I think her, I think she, 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 she got to me during the film mm. actually more than any other actor on it. Mm. The kind of story herself, it's a little bit kind of too much 1970s. It's hard for dads to look at a dad doing <laughs> like being a dad. <laughs> <laughs> Must be difficult being a man, kind of thing. But you should have didn't... worn a superhero costume at some point in it, and like a set yeah, a <laughs> basically. <laughs> Basically, yeah, <laughs> there could have been that, but this doesn't Hoffman, who's also always kind of fun to watch. So oh, actually, hundred percent, really yeah, no, he's wonderful, yeah. Oh, that's cool. But um, the other films I watched because I watched after I watched um, we'll talk about Elaine May in a second, but I'd watched Elaine May's first film and I watched um, uh, John Cassavetes' film as well. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Um, the, the one he did with uh, oh my god, my brain is is destroyed. I'm gonna have to look it up. Um, no. Is it the what one he did there? with Peter Falk as well? Before? Yes, is it's it the hus- one just hus- before this one? Husbands? No, no, the other one. That's the one I could remember. A woman under the influence. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, which is great. Was it <laughs> kind of? Yeah, really, really great. I haven't seen it. Um, he's a. Oh God, I don't know if I can go into John Cassavetes, but he was an absolute kind of auteur filmmaker, and oh, just knew how to yeah. just knew how to do. I don't think I've seen any of his like his actual directed films. I've only seen like Rosemary's Baby and yeah. Dirty yeah. Dozen. But yeah, I haven't really seen much of him in anything really, to be honest. No, I'm a bit the same way. Yeah, I've I've seen Rosemary's Baby, and um, yeah, I think that's probably about it. Actually, I'm, I don't even think I've seen the Dirty Dozen. Um, but he is incredible and I was obviously mm. looking into him you know to do with this film and it's just had so much done so much and just yeah he did do know. an episode of Columbo good well him and Peter Falk were really good friends yeah like and which you can absolutely tell in, in this film actually like but um this yeah woman and the influence it's worth watching it's incredibly kind of emotional and intense and like, mm. and like deep like kind of compatible people and love and all that stuff but um, I'm gonna watch think, it I think, I think you can tell that like, you know, him, Peter, uh, Peter Falk, and Lay May were kind of 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 a three, and they kind of got they knew each other's kind of ways of working and things and mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, but I definitely trying to watch more of his stuff because um, I didn't even realize he died so young. He died in nineteen eighty nine. That was when um, his last film came out, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I think he was only fifty something when he oh, died. That's such a shame. Um, just related to alcoholism i think it was wow that's really sad um, 1959 yeah 1989 he died of 59 yeah so but he left a kind of a huge mark really actually mm. um even if as, as you guys say wasn't someone i knew really well i knew his name better than i knew the work he'd done so Do you think he was I'd like an actor's actually. actor and a director's director kind of guy like i don't know <laughs> do you know what i mean though like he was like obviously he wasn't like he's a not big huge, yeah, yeah not huge like name. a huge star, but yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I get you, yeah, yeah. like more kind of, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. What so. you said is right, yeah. Even <laughs> from what I've seen, I, I, I would think so because it's not that many people know about him, or well, they probably maybe they do, but it's not like he's not like a huge, huge star, like 
you know Dustin Hoffman or whatever. That... Yeah, he's definitely in a kind of like like he's that so talented, film and yeah. career kind of stuff and critic kind of art thing. That yeah, kind of side so of talented and, like, and stuff. Mm. Um, and I also watched The Omen because it came out this year. Oh, which oh cool! I hadn't that seen is... The Omen in forever. Yeah, and I didn't gosh, remember it's been The a Omen. Long time. I... When we were grown up, we only had a Betamax player when everyone else had a VHS player, and because it was like a hand-me-down, and someone gave it to us. And the only VHS takes we had was we had the Omen trilogy. So I know those three films very well. Oh, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen another film than the first one. I've only ever oh, seen the third the one's one. amazing. You got Sam Neill as the, the adult um, Damien. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. That is cool. That is cool. I'll have to watch that. But the the first one's great. though. some amazing like it is good. sequences in that. It's it is good. I yeah. I I looked at it. It was definitely better than I thought it was going to be. And it's so weird seeing Gregory Peck in that kind of role when I just see him as like Atticus Finch or something. Yeah, you picture him in black and white in a yeah yeah fifties film, not like yeah. a. But yeah, I love the um. It's Doctor Who, isn't it? That gets killed by the steeple of the church. Yeah. Uh, that bit's amazing. I can't remember the actor's name. Patrick Troughton. Who gets doctor. their head cut off by the pane of glass or whatever? That's David Warner. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's that that special effect is. <laughs> I love it how it's. They're not. They're just going for it with special effects. They're not trying to hide them too much. They're just kind of putting them in there, kind of like you know, in a kind of spirit of fun almost. Like mm. this is the fake head bouncing around kind of stuff, and it looks but great. You know, last week, Liam, how we were joking about uh, horror film directors directing their next film is going to be a superhero film. The Omen. Okay, good point, Richard Donner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point. yeah. It always seems to be they do a horror film, then they do a superhero film. It's always <laughs> been the way. That's quite. That's quite astute. I have to look into that because yeah, people. I don't know. People do tend to start with horror films, don't they? It's weird. Like, I think because you the old because you follow the, you, the tropes, I suppose. And... Yeah. Well, that and it's you can get. You can make a low-budget horror film and get a lot of bang for your buck by mm. the way you kind of direct it, I think. So, like, even if you've got a, a small budget, but as long as, you know, you've kind of got the skill set of a good director, mm. you can kind of, I don't know. It's kind of a playground, isn't it, as a director? Yeah. You can, you can, you can really just play around with horror and do almost what you want to do with it. And there, people are always willing to pay money to go see horror. That was Roger Corman's thing, wasn't it, back in the Yeah, because people... Like, People sometimes just love watching bad horror films. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. Yeah, yeah. Whereas people tend not to watch a bad drama or no, you know, but they'll watch a bad horror film. Mm. Yeah, I I like I do like horror films of, of most ilk, to be honest. <laughs> so, mm. I mean, I haven't really um, watched anything this week. I've watched a few films, like rewatched a few films just while I've been working. I watched uh, my old favorite Empire Records, which is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's my trusty if I'm stressed out or I need a bit of a cheering up. That's the film I always turn to. Oh, is that your proper cool. comfort food? Film? Oh, that is my comfort film, like proper comfort film. Is do you have a it's comfort got... film, Natalie? Um, oh, <sighs> Labyrinth springs to springs to mind. Oh, it's one. it's just yeah. I just go back to it whenever I'm sad. <laughs> that <laughs> has a link. That has a link for today as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so does so does Silkwood that I mentioned earlier as well, mm. which I wasn't going to say at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's it's funny, isn't it? All these things interlink. In, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, Labyrinth is definitely definitely. That's a really own. good one. Mine's um, definitely uh, K- Kiki's Delivery Service. I, that's my absolute comfort food. I don't know that down. one. Kiki's Delivery it. Service. Yeah, it's a 
animation and it's about a young witch who has to go off and find be herself be a big witch in a big city on her own and it's just about how difficult it is as a kid trying to be like a real person in a city on your own Um, but it's just so she sets up like a she's a witch but she sets up a delivery service like a kind of gig economy (laughs) like just dropping stuff off like Oh, that and I, I just cool. love it. Like I really love that film. I love it. I know every. I know every beat of it, kind of thing. It's yeah. just something I can put on and and know exactly what's happening. Empire Records. Sorry, is mine just because I think when I first saw it, like in what about twenty years ago, you know when like you have that time in your life when you finally you think you figure out who you are and what you're into and kind of all the music was kind of like what I started to get into and stuff like that. So it's kind of even though I know Empire Records is not a very good film. Mm. yeah (laughs) yeah it's there's a lot tied into it do you know what i mean because i remember showing it to liam and liam was like hmm (laughs) i liked it well enough (laughs) but it's those films isn't it that sort of i mean because how old how old were you then old like because it's i think it's 14 yeah 14 because there's sort of those films that you watch with your friends or you know when you're that age like ours was we watched the craft again and oh, again God, and yeah, again and again craft, and yeah. it was great we loved it so much you know and um i'm so I before the craft, the craft. Before records <laughs> <in this film. laughs> i watched it not long ago honestly about two months ago. actually the main girl in the craft had to wear a wig in the craft because she's one of the leads in empire records and she shaves no all the hair off in empire records so she has to wear a wig in the craft is that neve campbell no um robin oh, oh robin Turney. Yeah, yeah sure it's yeah. a proper cast that is like oh, like a so skeet Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah that was one that we definitely used to watch and that's that has been sort of a bit of a comfort food film as yeah, well definitely definitely yeah. so i know you've been watching a few of the films we've been talking about so i just wondered like if you have any thoughts on some of the films that we've Oh, they've been really hard to watch, some of them. Um, yeah, 70s are not kind to women, are they? No. no. They're really not. Like, <laughs> I've had it really... Um, so I'm thinking of Straw Dogs, particularly, uh, yeah. which, I mean, I liked as a film, but I... Yeah. Well, know, it's a well-made film, Yeah, it's very questionable in today's... Oh, my goodness. It's that really tone is hard. exactly my review of that film. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's good, but like... I've never. You know, it's it's really it's really interesting to watch it. You know, as a woman nowadays, looking, you know, and just think, how was this even? You know, okay, yeah. okay. And, yeah, how? You know, yeah. and I know it was it was was it banned or it was cut for yeah. you know so yeah because yeah that, it was controversial yeah day, so at least because yeah. when i heard that I was like oh at least it was controversial because yeah, that yeah. would have been even uh, worse but it was just but awful. it still came for a system that allowed it to be made yeah in, and and not, there was not a voice going are you sure you <laughs> do that like, yeah really interesting um and just so hard to watch and even just the way she's portrayed because i remember thinking i watched it a couple of weeks ago i think but i remember thinking you know there's times when she's quite strong and she's uh like when she's got no top on and she looks at the the builders who are just a bunch of pervs or whatever and they're and she sort of it's sort of like i saw it as a bit of a well you know f f you kind of thing you know i agree yeah 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 because it's like well 
yeah this is yeah this is me and you can't get to me because i'm in the house and the house is like this metaphor of you cannot get through this once you but once they've got through that um layer or whatever that protective shield then all hell breaks loose obviously and well had they had the cat died already at that point I can't remember no, because I don't, I don't no, I don't think, think so. Because so. that would have been the first time they got in the that's house, it. I guess. Yeah, that's it. That was well, when it without, was without yeah. being invited in. Yeah, without the the tray with all the drinks and the <laughs> weird <laughs> sorcery milk. Um, but yeah, it's so, massive. How it's like the sauce. It was like a huge. Was like... when she brings the huge fish bowl. <laughs> <of it>. like, <laughs> the cat drowned. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So that one was. I enjoy, you know, I'm glad I watched it, and because I, I hadn't yeah. hadn't seen it before, so I'm really yeah. glad I saw that. But that's why it was on the list. It was a film that yeah. we all know the name of. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. So, but after I was kind of like, I wish gonna, I had a different film. Go have a quick <laughs> like, shower now. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then I I saw Badlands as well, which I really enjoyed. That was just a really lovely film to see. It is. Um, yeah, and again, it is. I hadn't seen it, so I was like naughty for not seeing it um no that was brilliant and uh and uh, yeah it's city space it wasn't it in that and i've recently i this week i was watching carrie um this year and i was like oh i've never seen it so i need to watch it um and yeah she's just got this quality of otherworldliness to her hasn't she and um absolutely you can't quite put your finger on it but she's she's really like you you can read so much into her performance and her as an actress and it's just yeah it's really good i mean yeah it was really good and i watched uh oh what was that one Hmm, another terence malick film that you guys were saying days of heaven that's the one yes that was really lovely i really i really like that film it's a very pretty film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really, really pretty film. Um, it's no, so there's so much of the seventies is just kind of crime films, and I can oh, yeah. it things like every the next film is another crime film and another yeah, crime film. Yeah, definitely. It's so hard. Like, it's definitely about the, the thing about the seventies was it was very important to make crime films. Mm, I think. And you get like Godfathers and stuff oh, like that, and then just, oh, Mean yeah. Streets and everything yeah. else going through, through, through the seventies. Like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a big fan of that kind of genre, that kind of film. To be honest, I do really enjoy sort of mobster films like Godfather and Godfather yeah. Part Two, are like probably two of my favorite films. I just sure. love them. I just love them, and um, which I know everybody does, but um, yeah, you know, but, but yeah. It's, but it's the uh, same when I, I think I said a few weeks ago when I, I watched Godfather recently and it's kind of like my hot take was like Marlon Brando's really good because so like, I'm so used to people just doing an impersonation of him doing that I, I love and him just, a and, little bit yeah. <laughs> I'm a little, yeah. and, I, and then you watch him again and go oh no he's absolutely dialed in he really knows what he's doing and like he's absolutely committed it's not a comedic performance or a laughable performance in the slightest it's just become that because people impersonate it so often yeah but and you go back and street watch car, it. you know have you seen yeah, him God, yeah. oh he's just what was it when he did superman he said he's gonna play jarell like a a carrot or something like that he that's what he was channeling it was really bizarre like his thought process <laughs> like that. we all know he was a bit bonkers but, um, Whatever gets you there, I suppose. You know, <laughs> that's, what you <laughs> that's what you've got to think of. I'm channeling a carrot. Yeah, no, he was a bit bonkers, but he's such a good actor. Yeah, wonderful. 
Yeah, so um trying to think what else I've been watching. But lots of things, lots of different bits, because I've just had lots of time to watch lots of stuff. Yeah, you know? sure, yeah. Um, I, I re-watched Rocky, because that was always one oh, of my yeah. faves as a kid. Um, it's well, so good. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I think I saw it when I was about 16. I watched it with my dad and just him saying to me, Natalie, this is a really good film. You, you, you know, you're going to like this. And and it is. I, I re-saw it, you know, just the other day. And it's just so... When you think he wrote it and he was a struggling actor when he wrote it and then... Yeah, yeah, incredible. yeah. Well, like, apparently he wrote the first draft in, like, three days or something like that. Like, Really? I think once you know you've got an idea and you know exactly what you want, you can just bang it out, can't you? Mm. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I think there was there was some... Like, apparently I don't think they wanted him to be it. Like, they would buy the script, but they wouldn't put him in the film or something. There was definitely some yes. issues regarding that and then he yes. just fought for it or... Was that okay. was that the kind of thing that the impetus for him to write it because he was kind of like they're not going to put me in the roles I want to play so I'll kind yeah, of, so yeah. I'll write it yeah. like yeah. yeah I think so it was a bit it's a bit of a, a Cinderella story isn't it really because he um yeah. he was a really struggling actor I think he was homeless or something not yeah, not at that so, time yeah. but he was sort of sofa surfing and like wasn't yeah, really car and stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah and he may uh, have done some softcore porn as well if I remember. Well, not remember. Remember. <laughs> but yeah, and then to come out, you know, come back with such an amazing story. I think because obviously it's the world he knew, you know, and that's how he's able to yeah, he wrote what he write knew. It, it was so based well. on a, a real guy that he knew as well, wasn't it? The mm-hmm. actual boxer. So kind of a. And then a when you get to Rocky Four, he's got a robotic servant. She's <laughs> 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 like. The, like jump the shark massively like what the hell <laughs> but creed the, the creed films were quite good i've not seen creed I 2 but creed it. was amazing yeah, i didn't see them yeah. creed is yeah, really creed, creed. Mm. no the i want to see those odd beasts they're kind of like like at this point when kind of sequels aren't normal or mm. expected it's so funny that rocky got like 12 of them yeah <laughs> it's so yeah. funny that out of well, all films it's the eight rocky films including the creed so there's five probably six, yeah seven, yeah eight yeah so there's yeah it's so That's weird that it. it was this that kept on going it, he it it became more than just a story about this boxer trying to win the title it became like this whole america like in the soviet war and, yeah and, yeah. War and the cold yeah. war and all the rest of it and stuff and it's so weird that such a rocky symbol became that yeah, because mm. it's funny to go back and like watch him in reverse order. I bet it's really an odd experience yeah. <laughs> to go just back to like this kind of drama film back in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, like Rocky and uh, Rambo got a cartoon series though. Do you know what I mean? Like it was. Did like, it? it started, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. It basically they tried to make GI. They made uh, Rambo uh, like see. a GI Joe kind of thing. It was so bizarre. Like wow. just bizarre. Yeah, so good. That was that was that was yeah. It was nice to it was nice to watch that again actually because I was thinking because it is I think it's like the biggest film of this year. I'm betting yeah, it could yeah. be. Like one of them. Yeah, because we're already talking about 1976 films, so yeah, like may as well like, yeah. mm. might as well go into it. But yeah, 1976 mm. film Rocky is I think by far the biggest film of the year. Mm. Um, wins yeah. Oscars and everything else. Like avoids Omen is the same thing, but like. And and he's nice to his girlfriend, <laughs> yeah. He... Which for this time is quite unusual. Uh, it would seem, <laughs> you know, yeah. So I like him a lot for that reason. Yeah, he's 
that's very cool. Um, and yet her treatment by her brother is so weird as well. Yeah, Paulie's oh, a bit God, yeah. And I'd forgotten that. And I remember thinking at the time, why does he care so much that she's, you know, slept with... I was like, this is strange for a brother to care about this. Maybe he's like a father to her more so, maybe. I think, yeah. Now now when I, you know, rewatched it, I was like, okay. And obviously it's the time and it's the, you know, the the culture. It's, you know, Italian-American Catholic thing, probably. You know, but it's... uh, that stood out to me remember when I was younger watching it and I didn't want to say to you know to my dad and be like "Eh, why is that really strange but um (laughs) but yeah but generally he's he's quite he's quite nice to Adrian and I like that about Rocky it's cool that's a yeah (laughs) she she, he likes the pet store that's what I remember about Rocky yeah yeah she works at a pet store it's so weird the way that story goes you know, they all got nominated in that film. Every really? actor got nominated for the Oscars. Like, so, like, actor, best actor was Di Stallone, best actress was Talala Shire, best sporting actor, Burgess Meredith, and Burt Young. It's crazy, really, like, all of them. Hey, got, I mean, got yeah, it is it. a bit mad, isn't it? I mean, they're all brilliant in it, but. They are. It's, it's just, as you say, it was the biggest film of the year. And yeah. It's, it's rare that they're kind of almost critics' favourite and Oscar favourite is kind of the most popular film of the year as well yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and also it, he doesn't he doesn't win at the end which i love hey so they get on. he doesn't win at the end yeah no that's yeah, the, that's, that's the genius of it yeah. yeah yeah and yeah you feel like he's a winner in it yeah. at the end yeah. because he's yeah, yeah. you know he's he's, he's gone that far you know with the world champion and he's uh yeah he's proven something he's got the girl you know he's definitely come up in in life <laughs> and he's doing all right so yeah he's the you feel like he's the winner um, i think for me though one of the best is network from this year oh sydney mm. lament amazing oh. film yeah I if you haven't seen, seen that. that one yeah check that one out that's yeah. also another link to this film is we're doing this year isn't it because of ned Beatty. is it yeah. Beatty, betty being a ned Beatty. Like... ned Beatty, yeah Beatty. Yeah. He was he was the he was in the, the Superman movies, wasn't he? Is like um, oh god, he was yeah. He was the hench, right. the main henchman. Uh, yeah, the main henchman. Yeah, to Luther. I forgot wow. about that. He's in Network as well, and I think he's also in um, one of my favorites of the year was all Pres- all the President's Men. About oh, that's a good scandal. film. Yeah, yeah, that is a good film. Yeah, Waterloo, Watergate. Waterloo, Watergate. I knew what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, no, a lot of typing, yeah, yeah. lot of typing in that film. Not one to watch <laughs> yes, for the headache. A lot of typing. But, I did. I very sadly did a, a double feature in that recently because I watched the post the Steven Spielberg film and then I watched all the Presidents Men afterwards. <laughs> like because basically the post finishes on the the Watergate kind of hotel, and wow. then the next film is like this, like the sequel. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I might try that. But no, yeah, I I do like that film. It's a good one. Mm. Dusty H had a good year this year, though, because he also did. Um, He's in everything. Yeah. He had the seventies. The seventies. He really movie. did. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Marathon Man's an odd film. Have you I seen like that it, recently? <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> yeah, I it's don't... an odd film. It's an odd one. I haven't seen it for a long time. I'm trying to think. If I... Yeah, it was years ago when I saw that. And you got—is it Lawrence Olivier playing the? 
Is he, he's the one playing the dentist, isn't he? Well, he's not a dentist. He's meant he's to like be a, a bit Nazi like Nazi torturer, be, so. be like Mengele <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think he's meant to be a Nazi. Uh, there's a lot of Nazis in seventies films. There's a lot of like fear of the like the, yeah. the Nazis have escaped to America mm. and stuff. Like, mm. I think. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, and um, and his taxi driver this year. It was, yes, yeah. It is. Yeah. I love that Which film. Is yeah. Absolutely amazing film. I haven't seen it since I was eighteen. I need to. Um, I need to revisit. Yeah, it. it's but, so it's, but I can still yeah. remember. It's one of those films, though. Like I can see a film from like five years ago that I can't remember a single thing from, but I still remember mm. so much about Taxi Driver. That it's still quite not fresh in my mind, but it's still there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it stays with you. It's it's a powerful film, and Jodie Foster in it is like. Jodie Foster in it, yeah, she's twelve or so, or thirteen, like, or so. yeah, she's sure, yeah. so young in it, and she's amazing, and she's, yeah, she's amazing, an incredible yeah. talent, though. She is definitely, Absolutely. definitely, but yeah, same. Do you know what I've never seen? I never saw the David Bowie film, The Man Who Fell uh, Fell to Earth, though. No, oh, I my, haven't. My dad has shown me that, but I haven't. I must watch it. Because I love David Bowie, but I was I was hoping to watch it actually before we we talked today because I was like, oh, it's this year, but I just didn't get around to it. Have you seen it, Liam? Years ago, it's yeah. a film my dad showed me, but it's honestly as as you say, sometimes nothing sticks in your head. Like I just don't think I remember anything about it really, apart from like, who's in it. Is it is it a musical or is it like a straight acted film? No, is I think it's just a straight. I think it's a film. Yeah. yeah. Film, oh, okay. Because he is, you know. He's also a really good actor as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, I think one of his last main films was probably The Prestige, maybe. Like, it's acting got to be, hasn't it? Mm. Really? Yeah. He was good in that, though. As, um, as what Tesla. science? Tesla, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he, you've, you've probably got the first ever Jaws knockoff film that came out so a year after George you got Mako the Jaws of Death (laughs) the long running many many films that are just aping on Jaws oh that's so funny you you get a King Kong this year as well though don't you is that the first remake where it's a guy in a suit I think it's a guy I don't think it's the first remake but I thought there was one in the 50s as well they could well there was definitely like a King Kong versus Godzilla Yeah, and sure. Was, and there was Mighty Joe Young, um, which is it's the one with Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that's the Jessica that's, Lange, the, that's yeah. the main remake, I think. Which, um, yeah, it's a man in a suit. It may have been Rick Baker in the suit, who's like a famous. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like, famous um, like special effects guy. Special effects guy. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't very good. If I remember, they go to the island to look for oil or something like that so they remove the whole filmmaking aspect of going to like explore yeah. this island mm. i think you're right and they just go there to get oil <laughs> it's like boring <laughs> um but yeah there's quite a good there's a few of the films you've got bad news bears which if you haven't seen that it's well worth a watch but mm. walter Matthau. um yeah, yeah. Oh, and you got Assault on Precinct 13 as well. A bit of John Carpenter. Oh, a bit of John Carpenter. Oh, That's cool. a great film. Yeah. Another hard sci-fi. I mean, sorry, crime film. Like, about the kind of destruction of society in the 70s. It's like another 70s one. <laughs> we're just full of this thing. I mean, yeah. New York was having a particularly tough time, wasn't it? Time. The crime yeah. at the, around this time, wasn't it? And maybe that's... 
Yeah. Well, speaking to Brandon, that lasted up until yeah. like, the nineties. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It was, you know, we should we we talk we could talk about Elaine May though. Move on to oh. wonderful, wonderful Elaine May, who I cannot wait to talk about if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. because we've already mentioned so much stuff even right now that ties into her career and ties into the stuff we made like um, mm. going back to like silk silkwood which is obviously was directed by mike nichols mm. and mike nichols nichols and may were the kind of comedy act that they came out of in the in the kind of early i think the 50s they started actually yeah yeah so i mean I she was that. a pioneer in kind of improv comedy and 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 stage comedy and stuff with mike nichols until splitting from him until making her career of her own really and uh I think I'll keep coming back to it, but her first film was A New Leaf, which Walter Matthau, as you mentioned already, like uh, A New Leaf was a a struggle for her to make because I think there was this idea of her splitting from Mike Nichols that she'd become an actress, but she was definitely wanting to become a writer-director. She knew how to write, she knew how to direct stuff, and she took this film uh, a new leaf she took the book and adapted it and then paramount took it off her and, and recut the film after she finished and 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 like basically didn't trust her to release a film but when she released a, a new leaf in whatever that's 1971 she was as i think we spoke about this with barbara loden that made her one of like three people to ever get three women in hollywood to kind of make to release a film for the hollywood studio system which it's the 1970s and she's like three people have done it it's just incredible from what i've read about her though she wasn't very good at sticking to budgets and things no. like that, which i think kind of yeah. put her at odds with the film um sure but it's kind of like it's it like, definitely put her odds and this the production of this film i can we can definitely talk about because i think it's an amazing story which but film? like um the one we're talking uh, about today the mm. one we're talking about today yeah mikey and nikki um see is, is mikey the... and nikki i was correct you're right yeah, actually, yeah, mikey I, yeah. And nikki. but like mickey and nikki works better though i thought it was oh. going to be mickey and nikki and it's only when you watch it you go oh it's mikey and nikki oh it's mikey i yeah. did think it was mickey and nikki yeah, this just sounds more it. Yeah. maybe it gives it too much of a fun atmosphere yeah yeah probably <laughs> maybe. but like yeah and the same thing with um, because New Leaf was really popular, but it's really dark. I don't know if you, you guys might not have seen it, but it's an idea that um, uh, Walter Matthau is basically like a, a billionaire, well, he was probably a millionaire back in the 70s, loses all his money and needs wants to marry like a rich woman to get her money and basically kill her and then, and then inherit all the money. Elaine May plays the rich, uh, rich heiress. She's like a kind of like, kind of a scatty genius. She's like a botanist kind of stuff and um she's in love with Walter Matthau but Walter Matthau is just trying to kill her basically is the is the plot um, because it's the 70s because it's the 70s <laughs> but it's it's she had this kind of Elena had this ability to kind of write to write stuff that wasn't over like I think what I'm trying to say is I think when she came into the studio system she stepped on a lot of toes because she mm. wrote things that people considered to be men stuff yeah. And and like kind of and not her kind of lane kind of yeah. thing, yeah. Um, and she wasn't scared of kind of writing quite dark stuff about kind of you know toxic mas- masculinity or kind of like, like social issues and stuff. And she wasn't scared of shying away from that on camera either. And mm. I think because of that, people didn't like her. And and because and because of that, it made her it. She had such a difficult career in Hollywood like and her story is that she made these three films 
they were all kind of troubled productions and then years later she, like Warren Beatty went to bat for her to get make um, Ishtar yeah. and then Ishtar is is notoriously one of the biggest flops of all time yeah. even though the figures actually aren't that and she never made another film since she didn't direct mm. another film but she's wrote plenty she won an Oscar after this for Primary Colours mm. um, she, you know which is again with Mike Nichols but um she she absolutely knew what she was doing and i think was it this year last year she won like the tony for acting on stage yeah, it was like she won 2018 like, yeah she yeah, came back Waverly gallery i think it was she won best actress you know the tony awards and stuff like that she's and i think she even said last year that she's going to make another film which i absolutely hope she does i think she's 89 now or something yeah, i just... absolutely hope she does like and i think she had. The, I say she's obsessed with this kind of dark, like looking at darker aspects of masculinity, and I think that's what pissed people off. And and even like Primary Colors, the the movie Mike Nichols, which is really the story of Bill Clinton. It that's what she's obsessing in that script in about the fact like how does the darker elements of his kind of world fit into the fact that he's Bill Clinton, the president, and mm. she he puts all those like the kind of weird stuff about rape charges and the illegitimate kids into the scripts and stuff, and she's Such clearly got film. that on the mind it is mm. and she's mm. she's wonderful and i would absolutely go to bat for elaine may at any point yes. i think she was absolutely fantastic yeah. so it looked like it looks like she kind of did um like like a carrie fisher where she was like a, a famous like script doctor yes and yeah, so yeah, she's yeah, got yeah. a lot of uncredited films that she's worked on so like um labyrinth for example and yeah. um, reds i think as well mm. which, right, I, okay, which yeah. again is a um I think who worked on Reds? That was was that Warren Beatty as well. Warren Beatty, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, Tootsie and as Tootsie. well. Apparently, apparently she wrote all of Bill Murray's stuff in that. Yeah, because she's oh, a, really? she was wow. a, like apparently so funny, like such an amazing imp, like um, improviser and comedian to start with. Yeah, she worked on Birdcage as well. Yeah, Birdcage. Yeah, yeah, nothing like Nichols as well. Yeah, she's I mean, on, if yeah. I'm honest, I I really didn't know anything about her until today <laughs> do you know what i mean so, but <laughs> she has good. worked on a lot of things that i you know have seen or like or love like within mm. you know labyrinth and stuff like that mm. which you think that's all everyone says that's all terry jones because he came up with the idea based on the artwork of that guy who does all the little trolls and stuff like that oh yeah and, yeah. Um, and she obviously for some reason she doesn't get credited or i don't know what that is if maybe her name on the scripts is like a bit of a looked down upon because of her history with cinema or if it's just one of those Billy kind of issues. It, I think it's the, often that um, it's just the the world of being a writer I think now and again yeah. in, in kind of scripts but Wasn't there know. something earlier on in her career where she used a pseudonym as well so I don't think she's overly fussed about always being credited Oh okay I can't remember it's really bad I can't remember exactly what that was but I'm sure there's um a play maybe that she she didn't okay. use her name so i don't i don't think she's always about getting the uh accolade as much as the art itself yeah sure. I, would say. I think that absolutely makes sense to her and i think that's probably yeah. why people like jan cassavetes really could work with her as well mm. like and liked working with her because she she wasn't flashy in that way um and you can tell with this she's not flashy in her kind of camera movements but mm. she knows exactly where she wants to put that camera and, and what she wants to show and what emotion she's grab, grasping mm -hmm. with and then looking for and it's raw you know it's raw in a way that i don't think a lot of 70s cinema is even the rawest cinema in the 70s mm. is she's doing it in that different way 
Mm, definitely. I, I saw this quote um, about Elaine May by Richard Burton, and it says, mm. um, Elaine was too formidable, one of the most intelligent, beautiful and witty women I had ever met. I hoped I would never see her again. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought... Yeah, she was just too much for she's too much, she's too much yeah. for that time. I would, you know, you sort of think if she was working nowadays, what she, you know, I know she still is working, but still making films nowadays. Um, well, you maybe know. you need people like her to trailblaze. Oh, hundred percent. I think she's a true trailblazer. Yeah, when she you is. look at yeah. what she did and how much, how much she was up against a lot of the time, um, you know, and the fact that. You know, I didn't really know about her until I started watching this film, and you know, and she's she's been so important to lots of projects over the years, and yeah, she's had always had it really hard, and she's been having to push against uh, the and system fight. and fight yeah. for it, you know, yeah. which is yeah. I mean, I just love her. I love her after after reading up about her and finding out a little bit more about her, and she, what a woman. Yeah, what a lady. And it's, that's the thing. I think it's like when you talk about um, like women filmmakers in Hollywood, the story still is this story. Mm. It's still having to kind of fight your corner harder than any man has to do it. Yeah, like you're not allowed to go over budget. You're not allowed to have like control of your film in that way. You, you know, you're just meant to be doing the film. Like, mm -hmm. it, like you're not allowed to argue about release dates or something like that, or or yeah. the way stuff is cut, or you you know you lose your you know your final cut on things like that, and it's all the same story. Yeah, and she, she was fighting at that in the 70s she's fighting for all that in the 70s and it was difficult you know it took a each film was a struggle to make those films it was never just like here's you an easy script go and shoot this each film was a hard struggle to go make it and i just i really respect her for that but yeah i know i love her i do love her as well i think she's wicked yeah, I probably love her. yeah and you just think like how how have i not known about this woman it's just crazy. She's so amazing. It's, I don't think we can overstate Ishtar as as like a career death for her. Mm. Um, even though like it's it's not a bad film, and mm. screw anyone who thinks it's not a bad film. It's not by far not the worst film ever made. Yeah, which it's, yeah. with it's what it gets its kind of credit for, and it was because of that. I think a lot of men have you like in the hollywood system have used that to say women can't make films yeah. especially can't make expensive films you yeah know, yeah they, they can't 100%. do this like, and i and i think they've just they used that against her um and then used it just against women filmmakers as well and it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous it's, like, it is, you know all the time yeah you know when you think about even now how many female directors there are and how many successful female directors there are and how many films by female directors that don't get credited in yeah you know in the academy awards and, and different awards and you just think why why yeah, why yeah, does yeah. this serve who does this serve who does this benefit Even, no, uh, you know. last year my one of my favorite my two favorite films of last year were little women <laughs> and and the farewell um both directed by women yeah. um and Little Women got some like nods at the award seasons and stuff, but f uh, the farewell was just not anywhere, not present, and it was Wasn't by that far. Year no, no, it was like, last year, definitely I last it was year. The year before, because even like the, the I can't remember her name because it's a Chinese name, and I apologise mm. for that. But the grandma in that film, 
um I've, i had you know what i haven't seen it yet but i've heard it's amazing i need to watch you, this i think film. you'll love it you yeah like um even the, the she should have been up for best supporting actress yeah. that, that film works because of that actor mm. and 100 percent in it like i was so annoyed that she got snubbed more than anyone else i was like oh come on people like how, how? and it is this total thing that we were just saying while you're away are like it, they you people use ishtar against i think women filmmakers they say like this is how you you know they can't handle a budget like this and like look, they, look we, we tried it years once. ago <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, it's almost like we tried it once and they they blew it. Like, and it's 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 silly. And I don't know, fifty one million. I think the budget was. It went over it and it only pulled in something like fifteen. Yeah, but you million think about how many men have made films of that oh, budget and constantly. lost tons of money. Do you know what I mean? Constantly. Yeah. And that's fine. Almost, that's okay. It's fine. You know? yeah, one it's fine. one woman apparently represents the whole of women. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It took her like ten years to even be able to make that film after after this one, Mickey and Nikki, mm. and then um it took and then she never got to direct another film ever like and maybe she will i would love her to come back at nine years old do another yeah. film be amazing like, but... if clint eastwood could be making films and exactly like yeah. 10, i'm sure she can make one definitely but like yeah even clint eastwood is a great example of a guy who has blown so many budgets over the years and it doesn't matter like it just keeps yeah because every once in a while he then releases like what's that american sniper which somehow became one of the highest grossing films of that year (laughs) you just have to keep letting him do his thing you get but but then he is allowed to do his thing isn't he that's yeah yeah i just think because he's been in the industry for so long and he's been with warner brothers since day one yeah just kind of will just He's kind of got a blank check, pretty much, and yeah, they'll just and... offer it to him. But you know, hopefully, things are going to start changing. You've got people like Patty Jenkins and stuff mm. like that who are making millions on. Well, hopefully, if anyone ever sees Wonder Woman too, yeah, yeah, and um, she's really cool. Yeah, I really liked Wonder Woman. It's very good, and um, yeah, hopefully, things will start to get better. And and they are. I just think it's. I just think it's when you watched when i saw this film i was just blown away by it and and i just thought how has she not been able to do more after this i, ju- I just hope that the women directors in the future they don't just get given the women films do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah like you know tell another side of the story of a man but from a female perspective or mm-hmm. do you know what i mean or like mm-hmm. just well that's what this was like yeah. Yeah. Such a feminine gaze on on, on masculinity it really like this mm. film would never be made by man ever no. like even even like the the start the first scenes were in the hotel room and you have um peter folk kind of leaning over john cassavetes who's sitting on the floor yeah. Uh, the way the camera was even positioned on both of them mm. was gazy it was like it was showing kind of like um like close it wasn't hiding anything it wasn't trying to make them look it was it was trying to make them look naturally is what i was trying to say in a, in a way oh, that i think mm. like i think not it wasn't trying to make them look tough it was trying to make them look natural and i think a lot of this film if it was shot in a different way it would be obsessed with how tough they are and this wasn't it was obsessed with how fragile they are yeah. and i think that is her bringing that to it yeah and i was i i I will say I loved this film. <laughs> like I didn't know, I'd never seen it before, and I absolutely loved it. Like I, I do, just do you want to introduce some point it properly? It me. Yes, I do. So before you properly get into it, and okay, what we're we saying. So yeah, so this week we're covering uh, 1976's Mickey and Nikki. Peter Falk is Mikey. I got a terrific suggestion for you, Nikki. I suggest you find somebody you can trust. John Cassavetes is Nikki. They're gonna kill me. 
they're going to kill me. Mikey and Nikki. On a night like this, there are no rules. You give me that in 30 seconds, you hear me or I'll kill you. I'm going to die. You're not going to die. What do you think they're planning? To shoot you in a movie house? Mikey and Nikki. I'm really getting the treatment tonight. Tonight's my night. On a night like this, there is no trust. They're going to kill me. Honey, I'm serious now. Well, I'm not interested. I'm coming with you. There is no time. <laughs> I know it for a fact they're going to kill me. You are not going to die. On a night like this, there is no choice. Peter Falk, John Cassavetes, Mikey and Nikki. Written and directed by Elaine May. Ma, if anything happens to me, Mikey did it! Yeah, so it's kind of... John Cassavetes is playing a small-time bookie who has stolen a ton of mob money. And he's hiding. And to try and get out of town or try and be safe, he calls his best friend up, who's like a childhood best friend, played by Peter Falk, who um, kind of to help him evade the hitman that's on his trail and the hitman's Ned Betty Ned Beatty. That's right. That's the that's the plot really, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I guess so. Um, but but at the same time you know that Peter Falk is Yeah. Like in is. cahoots with the other guys. But is he genuinely trying to help Nicky though and trying to get him out before before the, you know Yeah. That's the, the question. The assassin gets think, to Yeah. I think he goes back and forth. I do, I I do. And that's what's so interesting is that you see him, well, (laughs) when I first saw it, I was was convincing myself all the way along that he wasn't. He wasn't part of this. Yeah. It's like, no, he yeah, me think, too, yeah. no, 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 he wouldn't do this to his friend. And that's what's so clever about the film is that she's, she's subtly that just is so nuanced their performance and their relationship that you, you are always guessing whether, but would he really go through with this? Would he, yeah. really, you know, right up until the end, like I, yep. me, right up. Yep, absolutely. That last bit last is minute. absolutely. He is reminding himself that there was one guy in the world that like yeah. understands him and knows yeah. him this well, and like absolutely right to the second. Heartbreaking. It is It's a typical seventies ending though, because as soon as the film air, like the main confrontation yep. ends, the credits, and it's yeah, not even yeah. subtle. It's just yeah. like <laughs> names. And, you know, like, yeah, you're just left like, oh, okay. Okay. But in a way, that's kind of good because you do, you know, that's, you know, when, when somebody dies or when somebody's, it's like that, isn't it? It's just like gone and that's it done. And, and the ending, I, I mean, obviously we'll get, we'll talk about the ending. But the thing I liked about it was it didn't hold your hand. It kind of like, it threw you into this, mm. like, then you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, is this yeah. guy just paranoid? Is he insane? What's going on with him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and for, so I, I watched it a couple of times and the first time when I wow. saw it, I know, I loved it. But then the first time when I saw it, literally up until about halfway through, I was like, oh, he's just really paranoid. He's just really like yeah, just sure. a liability friend. This is just a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You are pulling your hair out going. Oh, we all I have a friend. Like ha- yeah, we do, right? Everybody has that liability friend. Um, and, you know, up until halfway, really, um, 
well, I don't know, I was trying to think, you know, I, I just couldn't believe that he was, and, and the, the way it's shot allows you to not 100% believe it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Mikey or it's, you know, Peter Volk. You, you in cahoots with them because, uh, like, the way I'm thinking of, like, when um, he's waiting for the phone call in the bar, in the first bar, yeah, and yeah. you see um, <laughs> when he's slowly drinking the beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I was... John Cassavetes just getting more and more annoyed. At yeah, him. Uh, but at the time I was just thinking, oh, you know, it's just he's just frustrated with his friend, and he's thinking, yes. you yeah, know, you didn't want because in my head, what I thought was they were meant to be going to the airport, and they've stopped off at a bar, and maybe that's that was. Nikki's idea and so now yes. he's got into the bar he's going to finish his beer and that you yeah, know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and yeah. um and obviously that that's not but I just was so much in denial about well, but you could say there's the bit later on where they're, they're he's in the car with the hitman with um Ned Beatty and um they're trying to look for him and he goes there he is that's him is he like is he trying to like just say it's him just for the sake of it just yeah. so it kind of it's- is there a bit when they do see him in the alley and he goes, that's definitely not him? And I'm like, that was him. That was him running down the alley as well. I was convinced by that. I would have to rewatch it, but I was convinced mm. there was a point when Peter Volk was just misidentifies him as well. I would so. say this. This film could have done with some of the cameras used in Barry Lyndon or... Um... I thought because uh, it's very dark, very very. Dark. I wrote that. I wrote that there's a clear difference in the cameras they're giving her to shoot this with, or how much she can spend really? on cameras compared to like kind of Barry Lyndon and stuff. Or like well, Barry or... Lyndon, we were talking about last week. They uh, have uh, cameras that are, use NASA lenses, so they're kind of they, you know, you can be in minimal lighting and like still get like a really rich uh, image out of it. Whereas these, you could just tell this an outline like... <laughs> in the dark. I, yeah. I could. I can imagine shooting this film would be miserable though, because it's all at night, and we all know how horrible night shoots are. <laughs> and cold. <laughs> yeah, <And> cold. <laughs> yeah. Wet and rainy in a furniture warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I don't think I've ever been as cold in my life. Oh, we had a Not to bring it up again. A toilet. I and know. A kettle. Yeah, no. it was great. Glory days. Story days. Um, I think like the shooting of this is really worth getting into as well, though, because it it absolutely it what she did to shoot this film absolutely makes this film what it is because she wouldn't stop cut. Yeah. So like literally, she was once she because she's from an improv background, she was obsessed to just getting these two guys to keep improving. So she wouldn't cut on set; she just kept it rolling continuously. And that's what that's why she went over budget. I think it was what she yeah. it was one point eight million budget, and it grown to need four point three. I still don't understand how that can happen. I know, I but I, honestly, watching this, I'm like, I'd gladly shoot twenty hours of John Cassavetes. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why. Like, but... Another reason why they don't shoot cut so often is a lot of well, especially nowadays with modern cameras, they'll keep it rolling because the moment you say cut. You get hair and makeup will come on set. Mm. You get yeah. all these people to kind of adjust stuff, and it's it like, really phew. slows everything down. Whereas if you keep the cameras rolling, it keeps the momentum going and keeps like the production yeah. rolling. But th- obviously, that didn't help because she went over budget. <laughs> I think there's a stat somewhere, but I haven't got it written down that she had a more film in for this than like Gone with the Wind or something. Yes, yes, I, I think, saw which that. Which is amazing. That's there's, but there's crazy, a, isn't it? There is a story, basically, She at one point the scene had ended and both of them had left the set. Uh, both Cavet- uh, Cassavetes and Falk had walked off. 
and a new camera operator got really annoyed and yelled cut which is obviously not his role to do it to do that and um she, may immediately just like just like in a storm was just like like what are you doing like and like uh, keep it running and everything like that and yelling at him and and they were like but they're not even here they've left the set and she was like yes but they might come back <laughs> like which apparently that's what that's what how she showed shot it you know and you can tell all the dialogue in this feels so fluidy and kind of friendshipy and, and improv-y it, it feels like there wasn't a script because they obviously got to a point with it when they were just banging stuff back and forth they knew what they were doing with their characters they knew how to play these scenes and i think i think it makes it funnier i think this film's really funny because i think the way they react to each other and talk to each other is all from obviously them shooting these scenes over and over again and working on them and and bringing beats in and bringing lines in i will say and, though that that having that improvisational style to it i think it kind of affected the editing because there's a lot of continu- continuity yeah, errors that are quite yeah, glare like yeah. quite blatant quite glaring and, um, but the editing itself is interesting as well because the first film this was edited by the studio they took it off her and they released it into 1976 themselves Paramount cut it themselves when they were robbing the films her and her husband uh, at the time they, like, were, two reels they were hiding yeah. reels and stuff from them so they <laughs> couldn't take that. it from them and stuff it that. actually ended up with a criminal case like oh, wow. because they were saying they were stealing stuff off Paramount by doing this but then um Basically, Peter Falk loved this film so much that a few years later he took it back to the courts and took it back to Paramount and got property of all the. Um, There's just reels. one more thing. <laughs> yes. And they and then they ended up. <laughs> Don't they mess with Columbo. Themselves and <laughs> yeah. Then they released it later, which now this is what we've got is her cut of it. I would say there's definitely a incredible. lot of ADR in it, or at least like looped dialogue or dialogue, because there's a lot of times where they're talking and their mouths don't move, or where they're talking and there's no sound coming out of their mouths. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah, and there's. there's I don't a think lot of... it affects the film. I don't no. think it. It's just it's just things I just use stuff you notice and make notice. And, and there's things when like a character has the back to, and and there's just they've just you can hurt. tell when they're just static. They're, yeah, yeah, and they and they you know when you. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a movement when you're talking. There's still something, and yeah, and yeah, yeah, they're just like, and a line comes out, and they're perfectly still. Yeah, no. Well, there's uh, like a shot at the beginning where uh, yeah, Peter Falk's looking at not Peter Falk, sorry, uh, John Cassavetes is looking at a note, and you can tell they've just paused it because the film grain stops as well. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? It like just for me as a filmmaker, you notice when the film grain doesn't even move. That's yeah, paused. yeah. The I can't remember what was moving. on the note. Do you remember what was on? The, was it his? Was it Peter Falk's phone number or something? Or? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. It, I know. I can remember the headline of the paper. Yeah. It's about the I think it was the paper. Sorry. I think that's what it yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. That was the screenshot. Sorry. Yeah. There was. Um, yeah. It was about the other the other guy being killed, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's about the bookies being killed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how he knows they've got a hit out on him, I think. Yeah. That's it. That's but, um, it. Yeah, we should probably start going through. I mean, the, the film opens with just John Cassavetes in this hotel room. Um, he's calling Mikey, just saying like he's in trouble, and um, Mikey and Mikey comes to you know rescue Nikki from whatever trouble he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was like, you can feel the kind of alcohol like just coming out of John Cassavetes in this in this hotel room. You can just like smell it on him. It's like he's so believable as this desperate, paranoid person, isn't he? Yeah. Just on the edge, and he fe- every every little cell in his body is pulsating with this anxiety and he's just brilliant it's just he's 
He's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. I think he I looks like... amazing as well, I have to say. I thought he looked absolutely Ooh. amazing in this film. Like, not to get horny on main, as they say, but. <laughs> the handsome I like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like how like... Uh, monochromatic it looks, apart from like bursts mm. of red from like beer cans or lights on cars and stuff mm. like that. I don't know if you noticed that, but like it's it... very, very desaturated kind of it's, visual. It's now not New York, yeah. is it's Philadelphia. Is that right? I, I, was, so. I was struggling to know which city it was placed in, but it felt, it does feel of its time. You know, it feels yeah. 70s. It looks 70s. It doesn't. Well, the music as well. It's almost got a bit of that yeah. kind of music that's a bit like um, uh, Taking of Pelham, that kind of a bit of funk. I mean, it's not, yeah. not so much in that, like it's not throughout the whole film, but there's definitely little bursts of it. And then later on, you've got Love Train and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, and, uh, yeah which obviously, it was in um, Last Days of Disco as well, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I love that you get that bit where he's chucked stuff down from his hotel room down at Peter Falk on the ground to get him to come upstairs. <laughs> and P- Peter Falk's first line when he comes in is, I came as soon as I got your towel, which <laughs> yeah. really cracked me up. <laughs> like, I knew I was on board with it as soon as that was said. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, because you, you just think, because his first thing cause, is that he's asked him to come there, but where he's asked him to actually meet isn't, where he is yeah. and it's only because he drops the the bottles with the towel isn't it that he, he actually knows. looks up and i was like that's genius that's so yeah. cool that that's how they communicate and that's how they get you know and that's how he finds him and then he goes up to his his hotel room doesn't he and, and uh he won't let him in right yeah he just keeps bashing the door open the door (laughs) open the door (laughs) yeah and then he's yelling like look everyone else in this hotel room is going to come down to this door in a second if you don't open (laughs) it (laughs) yeah but nikki's uh, so john cassavetes is actually like screaming mikey like you know isn't he he's just like he's so desperate to know that it's him and that he yeah and only him and only him and it just comes out as this really, really raw kind of desperation and and um, Mikey's just bashing on the door, and I just thought, even at that, even at that point, we're seeing just how they jump to like violence or aggression really quickly. You know, it's being set up that at that point. You know, even though these two friends, you assume they're two friends, it's already yeah. quite a, an aggressive sort of. They setup. yeah, they jump to kind of violence in a second. That's what's yeah. how they live their lives, kind of thing. Yeah, 100%. I just. One of my favorite things about it is just how real their friendship felt into it. it like they, they, they felt like they'd known each other thirty years. The kind of the bit where he's giving him the, um, the pill to help his kind of stomach, and the, yeah, Nicky's he... yelling at him, going, "What's this? What's this?" And he's like, "It's poison. Have this." Like, <laughs> I can't do a Peter Falk impression, but like, yeah, because yeah, he says, doesn't he? He says something like, "You know, if you tell me to come, I'm gonna bring your medicine. I know what you." It's, it, he says something that is like. Of course, I know what you need, and of course, I know you've got the stomach problem. Yeah, and yeah I'm yeah, always yeah. going to bring this medicine with me if you're in trouble. Like it's just that's knowing somebody inside out and back to front, isn't it? And that's yeah. yeah. And they they clearly do love and trust each other from that first scene. I think mm. I think that comes up just in that. I think it's the first twenty minutes are kind of just set in the hotel room, really. Yeah. Until they leave, maybe a little less. And... Well, yeah, he doesn't leave until he like. He goes out to go and get him a coffee, and like he goes, he's oh, like, God, I'll be back in ten scene. minutes. That is the most scene. intense ordering of coffee that's well, ever happened. He jumps over the bar and then. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's brilliant! It's so oh, good! It's so good! He doesn't like, argue about the tiny creams, does he? <laughs> <laughs> what if I buy 20, 20 yeah. coffees? Will you give me a load of cream? Yeah, he literally is like, charge me for twenty coffees and 
just give me the creep. Like, why does she jump over and threaten him? I, did I miss? It's because he. Because, oh, sorry. It's. I think it's no, no, because no. he is literally about to do that, and he realizes how ridiculous this is that he's having to buy like, <laughs> twenty coffees instead of just getting a jug of cream. All he wants is cream, <laughs> and, and he won't. Half, yeah. You know, and he. So it, that's it. And you, again, you see that flip, and he just whacks everything off the side of the counter, doesn't he? He just like clears the counter and jumps over, and it's just brilliant. It's just, I love the way. Well, I've never seen it. It was because you know, growing up you know, watching Columbo. And mm. he's always this calm, kind of yeah. calculated kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then just because, like, you know, I haven't seen him in that many films. You know, I've seen him in, like, what, The Princess Bride? and yeah, yeah. Like, We haven't just, done like... that many. Most of his films are John Cassavetti films. Right. And and this, really. Because he did Columbo for, like, 40 years. Yeah. Like, he was doing Columbo at this point, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Like, was... So he was... Yeah. He, he, you know, he'd had a, he had a day job. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just seeing him aggressive or angry is quite different it's great yeah it's, uh, although he does he get it. he does right. wear a trench coat in at some point I think. <laughs> he does doesn't he and you're like oh there we are <laughs> there he is well that's the that's the bit i love now when um he takes him back to the hotel when he gives him his coffee and they he's like Let, let's leave or go down the um lift or whatever and uh John Cassavetes escapes his hotel room like he's like Jason Bourne. Like when he like <laughs> refuses to take the elevator and he's just jumping through the stairs and like running down. And then they have the argument at the bottom about swapping jackets. Yeah. And Peter Falk is so just tired of it. It's just like, okay, yeah. you can have like, you want this coat as well? Yeah, you want this? Like, and yeah. So I was, like... I was watching this with headphones on and some of the sound effects are a bit ropey, they're a bit like, slapped on. <laughs> Mm. but i've always i think that bit's really interesting because it's literally he's asking him to swap clothes with him and basically take a risk of being shot with him. being shot yeah yeah you know, it's kind of testing him because yeah. like, well, if you think it's safe yeah. then yeah but then i also then. as well as being a test if it is true and he thinks it's true then he is saying run the risk with me take half of the risk at least with me um and it's almost like they're so close there's that again there's that um focus on how close they are and how prepared yeah. they are almost hey, Liam, if ever you're in trouble i'll wear your jacket oh <laughs> guys you guys are so cute but yeah it's um it is like you know and he does it and they and and he swaps in they swap the watch for the gun don't they yes, yes. that's right yeah 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 that's right yeah yeah because he gives him his gives, gives him his watch to say i'll be back in 10 minutes doesn't he mm. with the coffee and that's one of the reasons he's also getting really tested with the coffee guy because he knows that if he's not back in 10 minutes Nicky's likely to kind of just lose it yeah and, of and course shoot himself or something worse like whatever mm. Like. Mm. yeah i'd forgotten about that actually but yeah that's that adds that other layer of pressure to that that interaction with the the guy at the coffee shop doesn't it and yeah he's got to get back for his for his watch as well, which is a really important thing. For his watch, which is a really important watch, yeah, yeah, which you find out later was a gift mm. from his dad. Um, mm. and he's, but he's had it since his younger well, brother Well, his dad died. gave it to his younger brother because he knew his younger brother was going to die, so he gave him the watch because he knew he'd get yeah. it back. And Because they, they, for some reason, like Peter Falk says that he was the favourite child and it was obvious that he was the favourite child or something like that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's well, really sad. <laughs> it's really complicated, yeah. Stuff. It's kind of like he was basically saying that because his dad was it because his dad didn't cry. No, his mom didn't no, his cry. Mom his, dad, didn't his dad didn't cry. Yeah. yeah, that's right. 
That was Natalie's really... watched this about ten times apparently. <laughs> Natalie knows more of it than we do. I'm such a smart. No, but I just I no, lo- I loved it so much. I loved it. I didn't. I just did not know what to expect. And yeah, there was just some something about just this kind of conversation about the coats. I'd always be loving it, and then this conversation with coats it just flipped a switch in my head. Like I, I thought they were so funny together, and then so kind of easy. And you can mm. tell that this is probably one of those scenes when the camera was running for like 10 hours or something and mm. just like going back and forth. And they were so just comfortable with this, this, how it flowed and over speaking over each other and stuff. I was like, I am liking this. I like this a lot. So like, I like how they, re- they relate and work. And again, like, as you say, seeing Peter Falk do something like this just felt really cool to me and seeing John Cassavetes, frankly as well, doing the same thing, which just felt so different and cool to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen a film that was totally like this. Um, Brandon just messaged us and said, I caught up with the film last night and it's a weird one. <laughs> That's really? Brandon's review. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't say it's a weird one. There, there are some there are some scenes coming up that I was a bit questionable about. So this this point is the first kind of bit when Ned Beatty comes in and he's got the contract and he's kind of got that map and he's circling where he's meant to go and went to meet them and stuff like that. Mm. And you're not sure how he knows what's going on, but he's just got a photo of kind of Nikki and that's it. Really. Yeah, you it is. It's left up to like, you're, you're wondering how does he know what's what's happening? And at first I didn't think he was like a mobster or a hitman. I thought he was like maybe a policeman or something. He doesn't know. He looks kind of, well, just a bit normal, really. He doesn't look that tough. Yeah. Well, I think, but that's kind of what's really cool about his role because he's just a normal guy who has this kind of weird job. Yeah, like his job just happens to be killing people. Yeah. and I love the argument he has at the end of the film when he's basically just saying that it's been such a mess that he won't make any money on it, I and know, he's just like, isn't that awful? and he's just like, God, like that's all believe, it is. Like, yeah, that's all it is to yeah. him. Like. Yeah. Well, we're so used to watching like films now where the the mobsters like heavy is like so blatantly obvious, whereas he's. He's not an kind obvious guy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But I like, I don't know if you mentioned it, sorry if I missed it, but he's got the coat hanger. So oh, like, what's, yeah. what's he fashioning yeah. with that? What was he yeah. going to do with that? Cause, yeah, because at first I just thought, oh, what that tells me is he's in like a, just a, a hotel, like it's a hotel cheap little hanger and something. And then, and then thought, yeah. later on, when you think about it, you're like, oh, what's he making with that? Is that some kind <laughs> of <laughs> grotting device? But yeah. It's it's funny. He doesn't look what we would, which is why you question it and you question whether it's an actual, um, you know, if, if there is a setup going on and what what this is about at this point. Anyway, we spoke about that last next bit really because that's when they hide out in the bar and like Falk is taking his time with his beard. Yeah, I. So I said in the intro, I loved how they had like glasses of milk with them yeah so exactly. yeah because apparently milk helps your yeah. you have per- peritonitis peritonitis well it was it was it like an alan partridge an chaser yeah like a little milk <laughs> chaser that's right yeah. yeah it's true but i was like since when has milk and beer been a good combination ever. for your ever like system? never like, <laughs> that's not a thing but yeah that so. bar was so depressing as well i've never oh. seen a more depressing looking bar in my I life think it doesn't bars... look like at all because it was well lit it was lit bright and bars you don't yeah. normally see like that and i think it's like when you go to a nightclub nightclubs yeah, yeah. are great when it's dark as soon as the lights are come on you're like oh this is depressing yeah 100 percent. as soon as those lights go up we used to always say when we were younger we'd always leave five minutes before yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, those lights yeah. 
hideous. Everybody it hideous, hideous is the worst. The place looks horrendous. Yeah, that, and that's it. It was a really well lit bar. It was really weird. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we were talking about the bit in the bar, and yeah. he's shot next to the phone, isn't he? And he had, you know, that's the next. That's the next shot, isn't it? After you've seen, um. Oh, the the hitman. What's his name? Warren. Um, yes. And uh, and I still was like, no, no, he's on the phone to somebody else. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not having. This. I didn't. Yeah, no. I wasn't totally on board with. Well, I thought they were going to be happening. playing with you as a as a. I mean, I guess they kind of are. Yeah. Playing with you in the fact they're going. No, he's he's actually talking to yeah. someone else. Yeah. I thought as it was. A, yeah. As like, a viewer, you're supposed to believe this. When yeah. And yeah. when he glances it's... at the clock as well, and you, and I thought, oh, they're trying to mislead us into thinking he's got something to do. Yeah. With this. Well, because that's the the argument outside right away, isn't it? That he wants Nikki, Nikki wants to hide at an all night cinema mm. when they've got like what s'mores and popcorn and stuff like that, and they're playing films all night. And there's that line like, "What's the matter? Is my face dirty or something?" Because like N- Mickey's just staring right at him. Or yeah, yeah. I can't remember yeah. what it is like. Yeah. Um, is but... that when he says that he wants to he wants to phone his wife and he's like, "That's, well, you, that's what I mean." Like, who are you like, I'm not. I'm not like you with your wife. I tell her where I'm going to go. Yeah. And, stuff. Yeah, yeah. and I at this point I thought, "Oh, he's really nice." What yeah, nice I thought. Yeah, I was on board. Yeah, yeah like, fully on board. The thing is, he like... kind of is. That's the yeah. weird thing about his character. He is kind of like a kind of family man, a little bit like a yeah, more homely man, anyway. Than he's not nice man particularly, but he's definitely more of a homely man than a than joining Nikki's character mm-hmm. and it's weird that the kind of strike it makes when he does lash out in violence even more shocking because you kind of yeah you, you get this kind of more loving feeling you, you basically watch Mickey all night looking after his friend yeah. like you know giving him pills running about the place getting stressed how stressed he is swapping coats mm. talk you know joking and stuff like that kind of irritating mm. each other and then when you see him kind of then not be that carer like lash out in a kind of violent way it's it's more shocking I think yeah 100% but, yeah, and then that's when, so is, is it, do they go to that other club then after that? They go to the disco bar, yeah. Yeah, when, um, which he's is on the phone then. Awkward like. scene. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. very awkward scene. Yeah, and because he um, starts dancing, well, no, he gets a drink, doesn't he, for this young girl? For that girl, yeah. And which I can't quite remember why, but yeah. But then her husband or fella yeah. like goes, "Well, how much? How much was that?" And then he goes how much it was and he goes well i owe you that because you know this is my old lady this is my old lady she's, she's not that old or whatever she's yeah. not old. he's been a right dick oh yeah. he's yeah, so, yeah. Right like, and when then... um nick because they keep yelling at him that his mates on the phone yeah and i couldn't tell if the people in the club they're but they're basically it's like kind of kind of a black disco club and yeah. they basically keep going like these two white people are here and I thought they thought Mickey might be a cop. Yes, yes, I. That's what I thought. I think that's why. Okay. I think they say that. Yeah, right at the end, because I, I was like, he's been so horrible to everybody. In there. He's insulted everybody because doesn't he yeah. say something like, they say, oh, we might be black, but we're not dumb. One of the guys says that. Yeah, it's trying yeah. to stop the fight. And then he says, so why are you black? Or something like that. Yeah. And oh, I yeah, just wrote yeah, in my yeah. notes, WTF. Like, there's, what, yeah. what was that? What was that? <laughs> and then, um, and yet they they pull the guy back because it's a really tough, like, tall Big black guy, man. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to, like, knock him out. And the other yeah. guys are pulling him back because they think he's, or he's friends with the policeman. They think... I think well, they I know thought, he's Columbo. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they know, yeah, they know, they know Columbo's Columbo. in the bar. That's yeah. 
but yeah so they're so afraid of getting in trouble because at first i wasn't sure if it was just because uh they thought they were mobsters or if they yeah or just yeah i just thought they were tough yeah yeah, they're just tough yeah 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 or whether it was a white thing because yeah if you get in trouble with you know you're always going to get more harshly treated because you're black but no they say something and it's quite throwaway but that they say about him being a cop or something yeah they definitely yeah. say at the end of the scene or something like that yeah, yeah. i know what you mean yeah and it's they definitely like, don't start drink. the fight. They'll be leaving. He's just a cop. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, because they're trying to they're trying to calm the situation. Yeah. Right? So they're just yeah. Like... So yeah, you really think, what a dick at this point. You're like, oh, okay. Mickey is an idiot. <laughs> and that lie again, that liability friend. You're just like liability friend. Yeah, you can't yeah. leave. Him I think he Peter Fogg even says something like, I can't leave you alone for five mm. minutes. I was just making yeah. a call, which we find out the call he's making is to the hitman. And it, oh, well, no, it's not. No, he does. He does call his wife. He calls his wife, but I think his wife is talking to the yeah. yeah. Passing messages on because the way he There's talks on chain, the phone, isn't there? Yeah, because the way he talks on the phone is as if it's kind of a bit in code, almost. I think. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. Yeah, he's kind of telling him his movements, isn't he, yeah. to his wife, with the kind of knowledge that that's getting passed on elsewhere. Yeah. But as a viewer, I was like, oh, he is just telling his wife. Yeah, and then again, I was like, I was like, oh, oh but is <laughs> is it more complicated than that? I don't know. Mm. This is my my favorite bit now, though, when they get on the bus. Um, oh, wonderful! Absolutely yeah. loved this bit. Um, Emmett like, Walsh is the bus driver. Emmett Walsh, I know. Like, oh. <laughs> that argument, you know, he when still he still looks smoking. the same, and he's like eighty six now, <laughs> like and he's 86. still going, he's still acting. So good. The bus scene is just so good. I wrote down, is. bus lady is amazing. She is. <laughs> she is. She is the only one to call him out, really. Yeah, they have the whole film. Yeah. You know, and um, and the only way he can try to sort of get one up on her, does he actually expose himself? Or it's implied that he does. Am, am I right? I think it's implied. Yeah, yeah. so we don't see implied, that, yeah. but it's an impl- no, like no. to this older woman... And she's not phased by it at all. She's like, that meant to shock me. She doesn't, she's not bothered at all. And I just love her because she's the only one who's just not phased by him. Of all the other women in, in the, you know, in the, in the film. But, um, but yeah, a great scene. And I kind of like, I think, I think right now, this is when Peter Falk kind of remembers that that's his best friend. Yeah. Mm. There's something about that bus conversation when that he's really enjoying it again. Oh, he's really enjoying Nicky. Well, I don't know if that's I... a bit later on because he tries to give him the money back on the on this bus journey, doesn't that? Two hundred dollars. There's yeah. there's another bus one later on where they're kind of having a laugh and joke. This this they're on the way to the cinema, aren't they? Yes, that's. But then he decides. Right. No, no, then no, he no, goes, no. This is no. Oh. This is on the way to the cinema. The, the way you, no, they're on the way to the cinema. The, 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 he sees the cemetery. He goes, my. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. He changes the direction. And then he wants he? to get yeah. off the bus, but he won't oh, let him get off the front of the bus. He has to get off at the back, but he wants to get off the front. So it causes a fight. And look, the fight, and he goes like, brilliant. he goes like, um, look, I'm gonna get fired if we fight on the bus. <laughs> and Nikki, and Nikki goes, okay, let's take this outside then. And the bus driver goes, okay, but we're not leaving through the front door. <laughs> Which yeah. I thought was yeah. amazing. And then he goes, okay, then I'm okay. With and that. yeah, Nikki goes, okay, yeah. Like, so it's then do it's they all leg pointless. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's one bit where Mikey goes when they've literally got him in some sort of headlock, and he's like. 
Nick, this this man is enormous or something. It's just like, yeah, yeah. that's the only reason not to do this. The only reason is this yeah. is a big guy and, you know, might be difficult. Not that they're bit, like, because he's smoking on the person. And yeah. they're like, you're not allowed to smoke on these things. And he's like, what, are you going to tell my mom or something? He's like, yeah, I'm going to tell your mom. Like, like... <laughs> yeah, so such a good scene. Such a Fucking, good scene. I loved it. And then he, when they get to cemeteries, I think one of my favourite lines that's ever been in a film is this line. It's, and it tells him that the no, they're still on the bus actually, and they go, we have to go to the cemetery, and they're like, it'll be shut, the gates be locked, and they're like, since when do we ever use a gate to get into a cemetery? <laughs> Which I was just like, that's amazing. Just, <laughs> yeah, because why would you? Because you know, make things make things interesting. But I did remember like, that it's was, so normal. Yeah, there was one bit um, that he says on the bus, and we I can't remember the exact line, but it was like we found find out that. Mikey was with Nikki when his mother died and he stayed up with yeah. him for two weeks or something. And it's that, that again, that really is so like solidifying how long they've known yeah, each other and how Nikki stopped. didn't even remember that though. <laughs> but I think he probably didn't remember it maybe because it was so traumatic. Traumatic, yeah. Or something. yeah. I don't know, but, but that's like that kind of friendship where your friend knows you so well, they remember stuff for you. Do you know what I mean? They, they know that they remember things that even you don't remember which yeah yeah totally. so they're so close they're such there's just a good there's friend a, there's a bit of a gleam in like peter folk's eye during this bit there's mm. something like which maybe because him yeah. and john cassavetes were enjoying shooting this but there's definitely a gleam at this point i was like that wasn't there earlier like i mm. thought that was just started now to it's his glass me. eye sorry <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love that the bit in the cemetery as well. So they're trying to look for his mind. I like that. We're not going to find it. There it is. <laughs> find it. There's. Well, do you know where she is? Well, he's. I know what she's next to. Some Irishman and yeah. Yeah. Like, Whole it's family. a Catholic. Like it's a Catholic <laughs> cemetery. It's full of Irishmen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So and then he's like, if any, and then he's yelling out loud, if anything happens to me tonight, Mickey yeah, did it. And then yeah. that's when he loses. He goes, fuck you. Like, like yeah, kind of he hates that. He hates that. Because he doesn't he say earlier on that he doesn't believe in anything? Like, yeah, after, yeah, yeah. after life, I mean. like. But yeah, then he, then he starts he... doing his Jewish kind of like little... That scene is so funny. <laughs> when he's trying to, he's trying to talk <laughs> to, to his mom. And, yeah. and Mickey's doing that kind of, he's doing his uh, prayer. And and Nikki just keeps laughing. The more that he tries to talk to his mom, he laughs louder and laughs harder, and it's just really silly to him. Yeah. Like, and and he goes, "I hate talking to dead people because we've got nothing in common or something." Like <laughs> I mean, he is funny at times, you know, and and he has that ma- almost manic laughter, doesn't he? When he was talking about Izzy, the brother, so he keeps laughing. Over, yeah, 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 yeah. The story yeah, with the brother, yeah. and that's, it's horrendous story about his brother, um, about Mickey's, um, Mick, Mikey's. <laughs> I'll get it right eventually. Mikey's yeah, brother eventually. dying, um, and yeah, he can't stop laughing. But yeah, they they embrace at the end of that scene, don't they? There's like a yeah. they do not like, to they, jump ahead, but I find it hard that he doesn't tell his wife about that story about his. Yeah. Like she didn't even like. I guess that's the whole idea is like that it's so traumatic that only his best friend knows about. That's this. what. Yeah. That's what. But, I got out of but it. you it's still, like he... in real life, you would tell your wife would know. But do you know what? I just thought that was really interesting because it just shows maybe maybe it's marriages of that type in that mob world. That's what I was thinking. The yeah. woman is just you know the wife is just there as like a 
sort of living servant really they cook and clean and give you children but you can have mistresses and you can just disappear for three weeks or whatever because they're in that kind of world where their wives don't really matter that much and and yeah it's shocking that he hasn't told her it is it's really weird but then it just shows you how close that's his person you know Nikki is his person that he confides in and well, he kind of even, like, it definitely shows in this film that women do not matter to these people, really, at all. They're, they're, well, they're there, but they don't matter. Like, especially the scene coming up. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. yeah well. But um, he even goes, he, he's really vulnerable, his wife, his wife at his end. He asks really kind of timidly, like, you like hearing stories about my life or you like, or, or stuff like my <laughs> yes. emotions or something. Like, yeah. like in a way that... She, he's never said this before like he never tries to be honest with her or anything mm. like that and it's the only person he's ever been honest with is this guy this yeah. guy who knows everything about him and yeah i think that was really cool yeah it was yeah um very telling i mean this is this is the thing isn't it why the script is so clever because it tells you so much just with this little conversation between um him and his wife because <laughs> and also she doesn't remember things he says or there's something where yeah, that's right yeah yeah almost switched off to it or that she's stopped listening to him or there's i don't know there's an implication that she just doesn't listen or she's i don't know maybe she's a bit afraid think, of him or i don't know i think that's it as well i think that's he's really he's a violent guy and mm. i think there's a lot of violence that we're not seeing between yeah. them and i think well, there's a lot, lot of people that's not seen that, or like, said yeah. in this film but you yeah, just yeah. feel it, it yeah yeah yeah, that's what that's the impression you get. You get like, which probably isn't listening because she's scared all the time. She's yeah. Just, she can't listen to your stories about you know whatever when she's fearful of you. So yeah, that's the impression I got as well. That or she doesn't like his stories because they're probably pretty horrible. All <laughs> so that, yeah, yeah, him. that's she just true. She switches off because she doesn't hear the shit that he's done. Yeah, um, true. But yeah, that's when you because you next you got Nikki and he goes to see one of his girls. One yeah, of his yeah, and. You have that incredibly awkward sex scene. Oh, it's like, yeah. This scene was grotty. This was horrible. I I, I, I put I genuinely... Yeah, yeah. And um, and because you also it's then... borderline rape because she says no many many times, many and times. he still yep. does it anyway. With Peter Falk in the kitchen, in the background of the same shot, and in the background of the same shot, yeah. And you're like, Ugh. it's so grotty, isn't it? And it's it's such a like loaded scene um but yeah just <laughs> sorry um yeah so it's just so awkward isn't it and it's, we're adults i know <laughs> i'm clearly not i'm clearly a big kid but um yeah and it's this thing that she's so vulnerable she's so lonely the women in this in this world yeah, are so God, yeah. lonely that if you say to them i love you it's like this magical it's, thing yeah they just can't yeah it's a power word because yeah. they are so desperately lonely and because she's obviously been branded as having a a bad reputation or whatever sure from him because he's gone around yeah. telling everybody that she's yeah. you know easy or whatever and um and so she's just all all on her own and then even though she's quite an educated woman and she yeah. reads she just seems very naive that's what so i got naive from, and and it's yeah but she she can she's not allowed to be either like she's she's scorned for being you know easy let's say but then when she says she doesn't want to sleep with peter folk then she's scorned for for not doing that like and it's like so she can't 
win at all not in any of this world not like... at all and that's something that i think is really interesting that it's just and she's slapped you know i mean obviously she slaps him i think first uh peter falk when he's come bites him or, or something, something. She? yeah she does yeah. something to him either she does something when he kisses yeah. when he tries to kiss her I yeah. think she bites his lip um, yeah that's it and then but then he slaps her or something happens back yeah. and then but you sort of think, well, she's just defending herself. Like you are yeah. literally about to assault her, and oh, yeah. you know she is only defending herself. But the way they just don't even think about, you know, no, the way he hit her, like yeah. it's like he's like not even a thought passed through his brain. Like it was, it was really shocking to me. Actually, Very shocking. Hit. It was yeah. really shocking. Well, to that's me. the moment. I know you get glimpses of his violence and his, but you think that's the moment that I think you really. Okay, this guy's a shit as well. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, that's the yeah. bit I was so shocked by it because I thought up until this point I was like, oh, he had some morals. He had some morals. He calls his wife. He's the one that still knows about his son, whereas you know Nikki doesn't really care about. Yeah, yeah. Well. You know, he's still there's something about him having some sort of family connection, and you know, yes. And then you see that he is actually prepared to go along with this. I really, and again, right up until the last minute, I didn't think he would do that. I really didn't no, think he would do that. I didn't. And no, then I didn't. you see it and you're like, oh my God. Like the the And it, I suppose the power of, of peer pressure and you know, pride in this world. Pride, I think massively pride. Yeah. I think that's what this argument coming up is all about as well, because yeah. they just get oh, into yeah. this this argument in the street and it's all about it's all about male insecurity. It's all yeah. about this kind of like you know, you're only my friend when you haven't got your other friends around. Yeah. Like you you like which is so vulnerable but mm. and like and it's it's just it's to the heart of why like why he's doing this as well because mm-hmm. he feels like that Nikki always scorns him and always go, like always laughs about him and doesn't treat him with respect in public and stuff like that it's so like it's it's yeah. not petty but it's so like just fragile it's and fragile. it's, it's to have that I... fragile word in a, in a such a physical way the, the only way they know to solve it like i think he's like i think nicky's trying to fight him and because he knows that the, the way to solve this is to punch each other <laughs> yeah and yeah because mickey won't fight him that is even more confusing to yeah. him yeah yeah because it's like it's more vulnerable it hurts more because they won't just punch each other and because normally this the trope is that when two friends fight in a film they have the fight they're yeah, all, cleans they're, off, yeah. they're tired after it and then they kind of make up afterwards, yeah, yeah. whereas they don't have a hug and a beer yeah. and it's all fine yeah yeah a bit like a you know after an argument makeup sex with a couple it's like a makeup yeah. fight for for friends you know and it's that yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and um yeah and the fact he just keeps walking he won't engage with him and i think it's such an interesting bit where he where mickey just keeps walking and that is you can see it like Nikki starts to panic, like he descends yeah. into this like panicked state of yeah, yeah. You know what do I do if he won't even engage with me on a fight? He won't even talk to yeah. me on the you know. I can't fix this. Oh, I don't have any yeah. skills to fix this. Yeah. Like yeah, it's really so, powerful that bit. So Ned Beatty's been outside the cinema for ages because of that. He's because Peter Falk's been trying to get him to go to the cinema, mm-hmm. hasn't he? Since yeah. the bus, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because and then he's calling the bosses, I guess, and saying that they haven't shown up. And he goes, well, have you been inside? And he's like, well, no. no. Yeah. And then <laughs> Peter Falk then turns up at the car. 
then so this is kind of that reveal oh, yeah. for me it was a reveal that he's definitely working with yeah. him i still there was still something that was like <laughs> he's not gonna do this I was like, like no but... he's trying to throw them off like <laughs> yeah yeah denial, yeah, but, yeah but it is a little bit more like you think oh maybe he is actually in on this because they'd had this big fight beforehand as well which with the watch which was really significant as well and yeah because the yeah the watch smashes yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But... <laughs> he's like look there's the hand <laughs> but even now i was still kind of like i was telling him to go the wrong way not to find him yeah. or he's doing something to kind of put him off the scent i was still and i yeah. still kind of think well i he think was he was just having he a conflict gonna... within himself yeah so it was a bit like, i think he he wanted basically he wanted to be kind of passively involved like he wanted to kind of passively lead his friend into this not actively do it yeah, yeah. he wanted to kind of tell them where his friend's going to be but not kind of force it to happen so kind he, of get nikki would... to make his own choices but somehow make nikki yeah fall into it kind yeah. of and i think there was a hope so he could wash his hands a little bit of it that's ex- you know it's... what that's exactly it you, that's i think that's right i really and then at the end of the film he's just basically hoping that his friend's not going to turn up at his house yeah. just begging he's not going to turn up because if he doesn't turn up he won't have to do anything yeah. and then when he does turn up he, he can't let him in the house and that's that final moment where he decides to make sure that he can't get in the house. Yeah. And it's the only moment when he really does something that's like positive, yeah. like or, or like actively trying to stop him. Like, and I think it's that last. To be honest, bit. it'd probably be better if he did get him in the house because then he wouldn't have gotten shot by <laughs> be. But anyway, no, that's what I mean. I think it, it's, it's not until that choice, point then it? he does anything that causes his death. Everything oh, okay. Is like you, yeah. Passive, and it's not until that bit where he actually has to do something yeah. to make. And there is end. that. Sh- like... There's a shot where Nikki has got his head up against the the, the door, and Nikki's banging on the door, and you you just before he barricades it, and it's that like he's like, oh my god, I'm going to have to make this choice. And yeah, actually, I, I now need to make this choice. And yeah, he actually does go through with it, and yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So anyway, to, just to backtrack. So then Peter Falk goes to like the mob boss's house, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And you yeah, kind yeah. of get an inkling that that nobody kind of likes him. He's obviously for some reason they yeah. obviously there's something about him that people don't like. Mm. Yeah. Whereas and we it, kind it, of see a different side of him in the film. Where well, obviously we see the bad side of him, but we kind of see some decent side of him as well. I don't know. Yeah, and he says yeah. it's, I'm a sorry. it's a very conflicted conflicting film like how you feel about people oh 100 and i like that about it because nobody's 100 good or bad or uh-huh. you know yeah and... i think they're mostly shits but oh know. yeah oh <laughs> yeah are. but there's there's still qualities in i don't know there's something about them it's yeah, very yeah. very interesting but they um he, they, he says to the the boss i'm sorry i make you nervous which i thought was really yeah that's what he i keeps was trying to... yeah is it because they know he's a bit irrational and that he'll he can occasionally burst out into Maybe. well it's what nikki yells at him in the argument in the street is you make rubens the mob boss whatever his name was again um you make him nervous yeah. and that's why he doesn't like you and you know, that's obviously hanging on him yeah. up until this point like he knows it, and like that's why he knows he has to kind of go through with this like hit or, or like make it happen because otherwise he will just be killed he'll be he'll be out he won't be, you know, the mob boss will have no use for him. But if he can show that he's been, he's helped this happen and got rid of Nikki, then yeah. he he's secure in that world. Mm, mm. But it does all that without kind of telling you that. But I think that's what the film's doing. 
go back to the uh, the blonde lady's house. I can't remember apartment. He goes back to her. I think he he goes back to his wife and he yes. and his first time he's seen his wife for ages. Then he goes and he just I think he's just desperate to find someone who will go out their way to help him and just no help one him, will. Because yeah, because yeah, she like, his wife goes well. Why don't you phone phone your girlfriend? Phone Mickey. Phone, phone, phone Mickey, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, done that. Tried it. And I also remember there was something about we, with the wife. He's so manipulative that she ends up like almost apologizing to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yes. see that? And it was like, yeah, 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 he yeah, says yeah. something like, what do you want me to do? Die for you. Like, and she still ends up saying, I love you to him. Like, she yeah. still, he's so good at manipulating well, he people. He does it to the other girl as well, doesn't yeah. he, really? He kind yeah. of gets people yeah. around his fingers. He manipulates everyone. He manipulates Mickey all the way through the film yeah, as well, really. He does. Like, and even when he's like, they're being really honest with each other, it doesn't seem that honest. Mm. It's, it's like there's still some. Well, I guess they're both manipulating stuff. each other. They really. Oh, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And then, so yeah, he goes back to the, the what girlfriend's house, I, I guess. Uh, Nell is, her, I think her name. Nell. Is. Yeah, yeah, and um, and yet yeah, her she... only acting role actually. Really. Yeah. Great. Yeah, the only film she's ever been in. Yeah, I, I mean, think what's her name? Carol Grace. She's good. I think she's really good in it. She is. Like, um, but anyway, yeah. So she says to him, "Don't feel, don't be mad at me about because she tells him that the other guys told her. So it's a bit that that he'd gone around saying she was easy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's right. so the yeah, other yeah, yeah. blokes that have tried it on with her, she knows it was him that set them up to it, and she tells yeah. her. She tells him. She tells Nikki. And then she's like, oh, please don't be mad at me for telling you. And you're like, really? Wow. Stop, stop, yeah, stop apologising. This is how scared she is, though, isn't it? And it's, yeah, it's such a shame. You feel so, so sorry for her. But then he says something, he says something like, I don't know what's wrong with me, which I thought, you know, so he is acknowledging there is a problem. He has, he knows he's got a problem. Like, obviously, you know, he's pushed away his most, dear friend so he knows that there's something he knows that he's got nothing left yeah. he knows that this, there's nowhere else to go yeah. like and so yeah he ends up back at mickey's house and he obviously yeah he dies just like banging on mickey's door that's the uh, mickey's door that's the end oh it's mickey god mickey i know it's so <laughs> hard door, isn't like, it yeah. mickey's door but yeah i thought it was really interesting at the end uh where peter falk uh, it's really obviously the last bit is where it's on his face, isn't it? And as he's yeah being shot, and um, and he says, "Oh, would you look at that?" Because he doesn't cry either. And I thought it was a real oh, close yeah. link back to when he was saying, "Well, my mum, my mum didn't die. My mum didn't cry," as, and that was like an indictment against his mum. Like he had yeah, it was yeah, totally yeah for not crying when his brother died. When his brother died, and yeah, then absolutely. When his friend dies and he's clearly upset about it but he doesn't cry and it's like that oh okay that's what it meant to me anyway that's what i yeah, gleaned from it. i think you're right but yeah. um yeah oh, i loved it i love this film so good i, absolutely loved it. I wouldn't good. say i loved it i i liked it a lot sure there's it for just... me just a lot of i shouldn't let the technical issues mm. bug me but I, <laughs> just a few little niggling things and i think I don't, I don't know where I was going to go with that. I'll delete that. No, but no, no, you're right. I think, oh, the thing is, you know, you see a lot more of the technical side of things than I would, for example. Like, you know, I but, don't really pay that much attention to these things. But as far as performances go, it was it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. But I just, 
it was just really it was just solid for me and you know and it's just a pleasure to watch two very good actors act mm. in something that's kind of a very dialogue heavy but not in a pretentious way no mm, definitely i just and i think that's where the naturalism to... comes through from the the ad-libbing and stuff like that mm. just after watching so we've watched so many films so far at the 70s that it's about like flawed men um in certain ways and there was something about the portrayal of them in this that was just the the filmmaker was more obsessed with like how they scheme and how are they controlled by their kind of greed or mm. their, their goals or their kind of their, their lust or whatever how they're kind of and it just painted them as such profoundly kind of flawed that on some it was like a I don't know it was a better exploration of masculinity than I think the other films about exploration yeah, of masculinity have been. Yeah, because the rest are all made like, by and, men, and this is someone looking out from the outside in, yeah. Yeah. seeing, do you know what, and really being able to show it because they're not yeah. inside it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, you know? it, yeah. It just, it just felt so squirmy and then so kind of purely kind of heartbreaking in the same way. Mm. It was just. I don't know. It really sang to me. Yeah. I could sink into this film really easy. So. Yeah, me too. So, what would you give it out of five then? Um, my, I'd be there four and a half easy. Five. I think four and a half is easy because, as you say, the the um some technical things, but I'm there four and a half, five easy. I'd give it a four. You're a five then, Nat. I am a five, but but I do. I know what you're saying about the technical side. So maybe 4.75. <laughs> yeah, but, but, to be honest, things like that shouldn't really affect a film if it's working on, on all the other cylinders. So, yeah. Like, but... But yeah. you know that's you know but I know I just think for me I just really enjoyed it and for all the reasons we've said like the the way it because I think it's the sort of thing that I've always thought about with a lot of these films you know like about the way the masculine role is portrayed in these like mobster films and things like that which I have always really enjoyed I have to say mm. <clears throat> but it just was so so interesting to look at it from that other lens and it's so ahead of its time like we talk about toxic mas- masculinity today no. <laughs> yeah, really, sure. like it's it's a big topic now and we're really aware of it and i think men nowadays are really making the effort to think about that and and you know obviously have come a long way in that and but this was so long ago and she was so ahead of the game with this you know? yeah also it's a mobster film where you don't really see much of the the mobstering it's not glorified yeah. it's not like it's not aspirational it's, it's not, not like, like a mind school sazy where you no, see the minutiae of being a mobster and like no no, no. Um, it's just hard it's and it's so funny it's, it's not funny is the wrong word baby but someone who is known as as someone coming up in improv comedy mm-hmm. and then a female filmmaker deciding to make this which is it's i mean i think it's funny it has the improv beats to it and stuff mm-hmm. but like it's definitely you can see why the studio i think would put their backs up because she made a film that I think most people say wasn't hers to make in the seventies. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of producers would think that, and yeah. um, I could probably made it. Like I don't know, she just seemed to me. She seems fantastic, and she'll do whatever the hell she wanted to do, you know. Wow. And she could put her hands to it, and I was quite, I was just really happy watching this. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I was inspired by her. I have to say, when I started reading about her and when I watched this, I was like, wow, this lady's amazing. So. Well, Natalie, thank you so so much. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for talking. Like, and uh, please, we'll welcome you back anytime. Oh, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Is there anything you'd like to kind of plug or or follow or anything like that on Um, Twitter or anything like? 
I'm just trying to think if the uh, just obviously save the arts and um, you know about theatre. There's a lot of um, like theatre charities and things that are out there at the minute. So just to look out for those. And just look out for yeah, those, absolutely. Yeah, so we can get it open as soon as we can. Please. <laughs> yeah. So what are we talking about next week then, Liam? Um, it is. William Freakin's Sorcerer. That's what oh, we're doing next I'm week. I'm really looking forward it's, to watching this. Yeah, he's follow-up to Exorcist. And so. we have another guest, I believe. I believe we should be having another guest. I don't know if he's confirmed, but we should. Paul <laughs> Naden should be back on the show talking about Sorcerer. So that should be really fun. Awesome. I mean, I've, I've wanted to watch Sorcerer for years, so I'm going to really look forward to that. Features no Sorcerers, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. The title is completely a bad title, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, right again, thanks Nat for coming on, and I'll thanks, see you on guys. Monday. Yeah, see you on Monday. Can't wait. But, um, <laughs> all right, so thanks everyone for listening, and uh, yeah, please, if you do enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. And remember, you know, you can always find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're all over the shop. We're on uh, Twitter at, at Adjust Your Track. That's a YR, not a Your. And remember, if the picture's bad, always adjust your tracking. 